on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will do their best to provide hot takes on the Star Wars universe considering there's not much to blow air over. They'll touch on some interesting Ahsoka insights, including a character redesign from Rebels, as well as when the show will take place during the Mandoverse timeline. Who knows where things will go next, but you know the dudes will steer the ship into the weeds at some point, so prepare for anything. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Top And a bonus full Ahsoka trailer breakdown. How about that for timing? Ponchatouille? Now, everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. Woo woo! Derpy Entertainment saying Star Wars is dead. I I tend to disagree, but I guess we'll we'll try to solve that mystery by the end of today's show. How we doing? Hello, hello, noin, 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 noin. Man, I was just talking to Nick. I was like, dude, going into today, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a fun one. We're really gonna have to steer the ship into the weeds to produce any sort of interesting dialogue surrounding Star Wars, because there was nothing. They released that Journey to Ahsoka featurette, which was stupid. I mean, it's just like behind the scenes, blah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing to dig in. There's some Lego leaks that were going to give us something to talk about Jason Sindula, but that was about it. And then I think it was like noon, a little after noon, I get the, the, the beep. We got the full Ahsoka trailer. So I had to blow up the entire day, scrapped what I had planned for 269, changed gears, put it into overdrive, and here we are, ready to break down that awesome trailer, which I don't even have the post up, so we're not going to break it down yet. Uh, but hey, that's how things go in Summer Star Wars. You just you never know where the, the news cycle will take you. But we are here, and we have some real deal current star wars to talk about and that is the i guess they call it the official full trailer Mm -hmm. even though i feel like the teaser we got nick a few months ago was just as official and full yeah as this one but (laughs) this is it apparently this is this is the thing uh we got you know new poster rosario looking good as as ahsoka there uh, so we'll break that down. Like, you know, we'll spend some more time with Ahsoka talking about Jason's new hair job. Hair is kid, that is. And, you know, you never know where the show will take you. So welcome home, my friends. Welcome home. We got Sir Dork in there. Derpy Entertainment. Jim the Night 12. Nova Toymation. Linda is here. And League takes first. If you want to join in on the fun live, don't forget YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Tuesdays, 5 p. East on that tube Woo! all right man well i guess we can get right into it because i i don't have any pop culture to talk about no new movies came out last week that i felt like getting into you and i were just uh, or i was bitching about the fact that the new mission impossible just kind of released out of nowhere today and tomorrow <laughs> so i'll probably talk about that next week but since we got no bullshit to, to sling your way, I guess it's time to get right into some Star Wars time. 
Uh, I do want to I do want to give a shout out and and just make put everyone on notice here. But I, as in yours truly, made his voice acting debut this uh, yesterday in the latest stop motion short from the great Nova Toy Toymation. So check it out. It's a fun little bit. I play a uh, I'm kind of like an imperial officer working in a uh, kind of like a requisition type of office, Nick and. And the big guy comes in looking for a new helmet, <laughs> and I don't, I don't quite have, I don't quite have the parts he needs, and and it gets me in a bit of trouble. So, uh, it, it was, it was fun, and I, I'm glad it worked out for Nova. I, I, I did a bunch of takes. I thought they all sucked, and I even think I sound like a, a douchebag in the final version. But it's awesome to help out another Star Wars creator and to get some of my my voiceover work out into the world. You know what I'm saying, Nick? I mean, nice. it's it was quite the accent I put on. I think I was like, "Oh boy." <laughs> uh, so that was fun. But yeah, check it out at Nova Toy Toymation. Check them out on IG, TikTok, the threads, all that fun stuff. Uh, and and we are whatever it is a collaborator, so you can also see it on our profile. But but give him all the love. I just did some cheesy voice lines. He does all the magic and and writes the scripts, comes up with the humor, does all the insane stop motion. It looks super smooth. So check him out. Good times. I would love to do it again. Uh, maybe we'll bring Nick in this time. As uh, maybe we'll, we'll yeah. make Nick a stormtrooper, a, sec- a secondary <laughs> stormtrooper somewhere. That's right, somewhere in there. That's right. Get Nick cut some lines. It's fun. I was like, hey, sign me up, Disney. I'm ready. Pixar. <laughs> that's all I needed. I got one credit now. I'm gonna fire up my IMDb, and we are off to the races. I'm gonna be starring in Star Wars Rebels season six, the lost season. There you go. As Imperial Wreck Officer Bob. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no yub nubs, Sir Dork. That's safe for Scoundrels of the New Republic, which again, we're still sitting on chapter two. We, we haven't quite put our heads together to figure out when we're going to release that. Uh, I have a feeling it's probably going to be like the first week or so of August, but we'll, we'll talk. We, we always have very serious meetings after the show where we get all the shit kind of laid out. And, and last but not least, we were asked by a fairly large Star Wars YouTube channel, Star Wars Transmissions. To, to do some content with them. So we'll keep all of you uh, abreast of that situation. Uh, but that should be fun. Maybe draw some eyes to the channel. Bring some more yahoos over here. For our lovely little show we do on Tuesdays or as close as we can get it to you. I'm not digging my lighting these days, but I don't care. All right, my friend. It's time to do what we do best. And that is to blow tons of hot air about speculative Star Wars series plot points, okay? So uh, this is how we do it here. We have some screenshots you can see on the live stream. If you're not on the live stream, you're just listening on podcast platforms. Fear not, you can pull up the post on StarWarsTime.net and scroll along with us. So um, first and foremost, Nick, I feel like this trailer that released today on July 11, it it definitely focused kind of on the the dark tone that uh, Ahsoka is going to present, at mm-hmm. least for a good part of its narrative. Yeah. Uh, Balin, Balin and Shin, I think, got a lot of light. We, we, we got some new dialogue out of them that helped kind of paint a picture of what's going down, what they're up to. We got some new dialogue, some very interesting dialogue from Ahsoka and Hera about 
Ahsoka's relationship with Sabine that I want to talk to Nick about. I mean, are we talking Master Apprentice? Are we talking Force Goo? I mean, what, what, what's that all about? So we'll, we'll definitely hit on that type of stuff. But it was a, it was a slick trailer. I think the show looks great. I'm loving the tone. But Nick, to me, the the standout so far, even though I love the character, love Rosario, I, I think is is Balin. Like I, that dude, Ray's presence on screen, the kind of the the physical presence he has, the actions his character is putting forth, what he's saying, the tone of how he's saying it, he just stands out to me as like I I think I'm really gonna dig this bad guy. Yeah, he was he was definitely the most interesting part of the trailer. I think a big part of it is because. When we watch the trailer, he's like him and Shin are the only two characters that we really can't like, we really don't have a history with. We have no idea what their motivations are. We know that they are working with like Morgan Elsbeth to now. Now we can basically like fully confirm that they're working with oh, yeah. Morgan Elsbeth to help bring deal. Thrawn back into the galaxy for some reason um, in, in the trailer. Like, you know, I think a question is posed about like, well, what happens when 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 Thrawn comes back and then uh, like uh, Balin says something like uh, power or something, so clearly don't worry. I wrote down all the quotes for us, yeah. Nick. We got it. Don't worry. So there you go. So like they're definitely they're you know on the side of of the bad guys here on the side of bringing Thrawn back. I thought that they were really cool, but yeah, I mean like aside from individual characters, I do think that the most interesting part of the trailer itself was kind of this relationship that you mentioned between Ahsoka and Sabine and, and, and what exactly was going on prior to their, I mean, what, what, what seems like Sabine's decision to kind of distance herself from Ahsoka. Um, was it, was it like a, a, yeah, they got beef almost. It sounds like, yeah, I mean, it's, or, or actually, I mean, we'll get to it at the scene, but Ahsoka, pretty much admits like I left Sabine just like I left Anakin. It's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a trend with Ahsoka when, when shit gets a little tough and awkward, she walks yeah. away. When, when the going gets tough, she gets going. Um, gets <laughs> Which is odd for that there. character, but I, but I dig it. Um, I dig. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of possibilities for that. Obviously we know that when Sabine was in possession of the dark saber during rebel, she did a lot of training with Kanan just to like mm-hmm. hone her ability to use that weapon. And I wonder if that is what was going on, like a continuation of that training uh, with Ahsoka and Sabine after the, the events of rebels. Um, you know, is that what was going on? Do we, does, is Sabine force sensitive in some sort of way? It seems like based off of a very quick interaction between Shin and Sabine it looked like she either is very weak in the force or just had no force abilities at all. So much so right. that Shin says you have no power as they're in exactly. the middle of a lightsaber battle. Um, so that, that, that part of it was definitely the most interesting to me is like trying to unpack what this like master apprentice relation, master and apprentice relationship could be, or, you know, what the dynamic between Sabine and Ahsoka was after, uh, the the rebels epilogue and, and you know what was expected of uh like what was the expectation that Sabine had for her training if there was training that was going on with Ahsoka and and, and how did it go bad um and and bad in such a sense that like 
Hera literally has to tell Ahsoka, like, well, you know, the best person for this job is. You yeah, know who dude. It is. So like, that that is very interesting, I think, to to people like us. I mean, we, we all kind of had an idea of the bond these two had post Rebels. I mean, Ahsoka shows up in her whites like, hey, let's rock and roll. It seemed like they were committed. They were working together. It, but it does sound over the first maybe episode or two, and maybe that's why we're getting the two-part drop, that we are going to learn that this their relationship, Ahsoka and Sabine, at some point in time, it it fractures for whatever reason. Like Ahsoka physically takes herself off the map. Yeah. It's, it's like her thing. And again, you know, a lot of people always hate the version of Luke we got in the TLJ, but if you really think about it, his masters were the same way. I just read Yoda number nine, Nick, and, and for the first time in print, if you needed it, Yoda says specifically, I am essentially quarantining myself on Dagobah because I fucked up so bad. The galaxy is better off without me. The exact same thing Luke Skywalker did. And, and it's, it's seeming like Ahsoka, even though she isn't responsible for any of these major fuck ups. She kind of embraces that philosophy as well. Is like, you know what? I'm I'm better off just taking myself out of the, the you know galactic politics or, or you know whatever, uh, and the galaxy will be better off if my presence is not mixed within it. So I don't, it's it's a weird trend with the these people that touch the Skywalkers or the Skywalkers, you know, uh, kind of crossed into their lives in some capacity. Yeah, it's. It seems like they don't learn well from their previous masters. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, obviously the choice by Yoda and Obi-Wan was kind of made out of necessity because there was a giant like purge happening. And even if they did kind of stay out in the open, probably wouldn't have gone well. Um, but I also think that there was something to be learned from that decision. And I don't think that, that Luke well, did a great that's job the funny learning, thing. and I don't no. think that Ahsoka he, did a great job learning about like how to handle situations like that properly. No. But you know, I mean, look at look at Ahsoka in the Mandiverse timeline. She's she's almost scared to even be near Grogu, another Force user. She's like, eh, you know, eh. she's like, no, no, no. You never know. You don't know what's gonna happen when you train motherfuckers that have connections with the Force, i.e., my former master. Uh, but but anyway, yeah, check out. I just broke down this comic. I think I put it out there today. Check it out. though. It, the, the end is very interesting because it shows you the first time that Yoda acknowledges Obi-Wan in, in Force Ghost form. It's funny because for the past few uh, issues, you hear this disembodied voice like, Master, Master, will you just listen to me? And Yoda keeps ignoring it. This is all on Dagobah. And, but this issue, finally, after he had... Uh, kind of like a prequel flashback to kind of explain why Yoda is the way he is now. He finally is like, Obi-Wan, I know you've been there. I just haven't felt like connecting with you yet. And that's where he literally says, like, I, I could pull up the page. I'm not going to waste time. But he pretty much says, the reason I've, I'm not getting involved, I'm not trying to help, I'm not getting mixed up in this movement, that movement, or that movement is because I failed I couldn't stop Palpatine. He did all this on my watch. And when I had a chance to beat him down the Senate, he be, even beat me there. So I quit. And that's the first time like it's been written that Yoda, just like Luke, passed him, quit because of their failure and, and their reasoning for, well, 
it was my fault. Therefore, if I'm not involved, then I can't make it any worse, I guess, is, is what they're thinking. But Obi-Wan, Nick, the whole time, Force goes Obi-Wan's like, dude, really? Like, come on. You know, like, come on. Come on, we can do it, buddy. So it, 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 it seemed like Obi-Wan is the one that ultimately convinced Yoda and whatnot that, yeah, let's invest in this Skywalker kid. Let's not give up on him. Let's keep going because we think he can do it. It was not Yoda. Yoda was done. Like he, Yoda equals the last Jedi Acto Luke. They're no different. Same character. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of instances in star Wars history where like you can like use the words of the Jedi against themselves. Like, uh, in, in this case, it's an, it's an instance of only Sith dealing in absolutes. And like, that's exactly what Yoda was doing. It, it was yeah. just like, all. Or, it was very much all or nothing. It's not like he was like, okay, well, I know that there's an act of rebellion going on. I know that there's this, this groundswell of people who are fighting against the rebellion. Like, let me help out in ways that I can without like fully exposing myself or without like putting myself on the battlefield. Probably there was a good medium for, for him somewhere in there, but it seems like that is one of the rules that the Jedi always like literally can never like follow through on is like not acting in absolutes. Cause it's like, well, your same thing. You're, you're, that's a great point because their same trope with, or, or mantra with relationships, that's absolute, right? Yeah. It's like, what do you, it's like, you need to make a decision whether you do act in absolutes or you don't like, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things though, where it's like, it's a very traumatizing experience, obviously to have your entire order just like completely wiped out by a hidden presence that you guys missed for decades. But like, well, well for him for, for close to a century yeah, I almost, mean, I mean, you gotta remember Yoda was hanging out the whole time. Yeah. So like, like whatever happens in the acolyte, Nick, we could say, well, yeah, that's your fault too. Yeah. For, for people who are like super trained in like controlling one's emotions, like assessing situations, understanding the best or supposedly being able to understand the best way to like make use of your resources. Like they, they don't do that very well. Like they're like, like Jedi oftentimes or, or in, in, in most instances that we've seen are like, we lost. I guess that means I just have to go away forever. Yeah. Like, fuck it. They're like, <laughs> fuck it. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> Life so. is over. They really, Jedi, they're like the Eeyore of force users. And if you don't know who Eeyore is, he's, he's me, but from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Eeyore is like, oh, boy. oh, life sucks. Nothing ever goes my way. Holy duh. You know, it's just like like that type of shit. You're right. I mean, that, that's that's kind of how they are. But anyways, if you like the comments or comics, check us out. I, I do quick caps and reviews of the Yoda line, Star Wars proper and Darth Vader. The Yoda, it, it's been fun. Uh, a lot of good stuff with in the past with Count Dooku. But you can see through these flashback nicks, it, it, it's like Yoda is thinking about all these times where he thought he was giving good lessons. But they were the lessons that ultimately prevented him from being able to see what the Sith were doing. Yeah. And it, it's been kind of fun as a fan of lore to just see the little guy reflecting on his failings that he once thought were teachings the right way to do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's good stuff. And that's what, you know, you would hope that like a leader, especially in her or like in his like respect, like in Yoda's respect, would be able to like see and learn from that. But 
he was not great. Well, at he did. He did buy. He did buy the Last Jedi. Remember, he's out there like, yes, go learn more. Years or yeah, he's like, hey, you know, our the ones we teach, they actually teach us. Now I'm gonna light the fucking tree on fire. Fuck you. You know, he's just fucking hanging out. He's like, Yoda comes back from the dead. He's a little looped up on spice. Like, all right, it's Ahsoka time. Let's do it. All right, so uh, we'll get to the first still there, which and it actually, Nick. Um, I might go full screen. Uh, yeah, well, this is good enough. Fuck it, who cares? I think it clarified some things because at one point in time, the second shot of that, that of the ship in the New Republic dock, we're like, oh yeah, that's Ahsoka. Well, no, it's not. It, we now learn that it's it's Balin and Shin, and, and they're flying. It looks. It looks similar to like the Bad Batch's Marauder, but it's not. It's got a totally different fuselage. Like the cockpit is way different. Uh, but either way, th- th- that's the ship that we saw a few weeks back. And we're like, oh, that's just Ahsoka docking it. Nope, it's it's the bad guys, as you can clearly see in the the second part of the trailer that was new. You got Balin and Shin there. Balin's got kind of these pimped out velvety robes with like some trim on it. Where, you know, Shin is sporting your more traditional dark brownish force user garb. And we get a great line to, to kind of kick into this. And, and it, you know what? R.I.P. Ray, because fuck, the guy's got such timber in his voice. Because war, war is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. And it seems like he's talking to the New Republic officer, potentially, but you never know in a trailer, right? So Could be dubbed over from a different... Exactly. But but clearly, Nick, one thing we can infer from the, the opening shots of the trailer are that Balin and Shin, for whatever reason, potentially to hunt down information or maybe even Ahsoka herself, because I guess my question to you... So these scenes with them on the New Republic ship, do you think this happens before or after we see Ahsoka visit the New Republic flotilla? I mean, I would assume that this happens. And like, so it has to happen after, I would imagine, if they're tracking her. Because there's no reason for them to like just randomly roll up to a New Republic vessel, dock, kill people and then leave. Like... Um, I don't. I, are, you, are you saying it could this potentially like be the opening? I mean, do, do they go right into focusing on the bad guys and then cold open into Ahsoka, or do we start with her? I on would her hope little that. mission to the to that 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 uh, that site that relic site. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this would be an odd cold open for sure. Um, because like I said, it's like, what's the motivation of them being there? Like, there's no reason for them to like approach a new Republic vessel if there wasn't somebody Unless, that they weren't looking for. Right. Or information. Like if they know that this, this vessel has, uh, maybe Morgan got locked up and they're trying to break her out of the new Republic. Like that's the one weird thing. We still don't know what happened to Morgan at the end of that episode. If you go back and watch, she, she's just gone. Yeah. She's not like locked up. She's not captured. We don't see dead bodies or anything, and clearly she's still alive because she's in this. Oh, and we yeah. now know the timeline for I mean, this. I so. think that that was just like a literal, like, we're just reclaiming this town that you've taken over, and now you have to go somewhere else, maybe? Like, but she wasn't, like, there Wait. was no New Republic presence on Corvus, right. and when she lost... So, we, yeah, like, we just don't know where she went after Ahsoka yeah. beat her, like... 
did 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 Ahsoka disappear? No, because I mean, we have this show coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that she goes back to Dathmir, like she goes back to her home planet to like regroup, and then she she reaches out to Balin and Shin for assistance because now, like, I think that that's that may be kind of a likely thing. Is like they Balin and Shin were they were described to us at like at the beginning of this show. Or like when all of the the marketing and all of the information started coming out as mercenaries, what like so how would they get pulled in? Well, in my opinion, the way that it happens is like right after Corvus Morgan Elsbeth's like, okay, I'm I'm in over my head. Like there there's like this girl. Yeah, I got I got like, a force user on my ass. Yeah. I need some help. It's like I'm very skilled in in what I can I do, like but that. like there's only so much that I can do against force users. Like I can't just like take her in single combat. It's not gonna happen. So she probably reaches out to Shin and Balin or to at least Balin at that time, not potentially not even knowing that he has like an apprentice and says like, hey, I need your help with this. I know that you're not kind of you don't lean either way. Um, You know, you're you're kind of in the middle. You're a mercenary for hire. So why don't you come work for me with the end goal being we get this guy Thrawn back in. He obviously knows who Thrawn is because he was a part of the Jedi Order and stuff like that. And obviously, if you're in the galaxy at a certain point in time, you know who Thrawn is because he was such a big presence. She sells him on, once Thrawn comes back in, unlimited power, Palpatine-style, baby. Like, this is what's going to happen. And yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, I'm with you. I do think she brings him in Merc-style, but it also seems like Balin is fully behind the job not just taking it for money oh, yeah, like he's uh, like no this is good like i yeah. i'm doing this one for free morgan don't worry yeah i think it's it's definitely more around like there was a promise of more than just like it may not have even involved money at all like it was probably a promise more of like power station and influence and and all everything right. else rather than just like here's your credits once the job's done get the fuck out of here um, I think that this yeah, is almost it, it like seems, new, new it seems like they're going to form more of a bond than just, you know, Merc for hire. It, yeah. It's like, they're all committed to this mission for whatever reason. And, and I, I am with you. I don't think like Balin, Shin and Morgan were, were hanging out a lot before this job. No. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't it, think so. I mean, I, I definitely think that, that Morgan knew of Balin and Balin probably knew of Morgan, just because after the fall of the Republic, we know that Balin goes basically into mercenary work. So if you're running around in, in those types of circles, then you're going to cross paths. Like almost assuredly, they had crossed paths before, which is why Morgan probably knew to reach out in, in times right. of need uh, when it comes to like force users and stuff like that. So I would assume that there's some sort of at least passing acquaintance. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Too. She's not like just going to post something on the hollow and, yeah. and grief's replacement's going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, we, we know some people. To fight off ex Jedi <laughs> from yeah. I don't think that yeah that, exactly that wasn't like a Craigslist wanted <laughs> people with unaligned force users with orange lightsabers that are angry. Yeah, please apply. Call after five p.m. All right, so they're on this ship, and I, I, I do. It probably is post Ahsoka, unless it is an information seek. Yeah, because uh, I doubt that. Know, like, it would be really surprising if, if Morgan hired them and then was just like, or Morgan linked up with them and then was like, "Hey, yeah, just go assault this 
republic or this this new republic vessel it's like well, yeah they're, they're, why they're there on purpose it, yeah. it's very purposeful they're not there to just kill blue shirts even though it looks like that's all they're doing and it looks like it's going to be fun to watch but yes yeah, so I'm, I'm with you this is a a mission of purpose so we kind of get through the slides he's clearly talking to an officer i don't know if he's a general or whatnot and uh you know that's where you get the we are no jedi and it just goes into some fucking kick ass uh, leaning towards the dark side because we can't call these people sith force user action i mean without even flinching balin just sits there and shin like a like a rabid animal just springs into action Start, you know, just wax this Mon Cal officer right off the bat. Then we get some of the, you know, we saw it in the first trailer. We we get the Balin's hallway moment, which is going to look fantastic. Just, I love the shot where you don't see Balin. You just see New Republic soldiers flying through the hall. It's like, okay, he's doing his best Darth Vader, if not an even better version of it. Uh, but yeah, he delivers the We, we Are No Jedi as he impales the New Republic officer. So like I said, my friends, Balin is already my favorite character from Ahsoka. And I love Ahsoka. I love Sabine. I love all the fucking rebels, for Christ's sake. But this guy in just 30 seconds of a trailer is becoming a, a, a favored Star Wars character of mine. And I don't know dick shit outside of what, we, what we've gotten in these trailers and in some interviews. He just... I love his, his outfit. It's like a... It is, Nick, it's kind of a blend of, of Jedi, Sith, and New. Because he's got like, he's got, I don't know if anyone saw it, but on his vertebrae, he's got like these armored plates on his shirt. It, it, he looks very more traditional medieval knight, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like dressed in, in his leathers and whatnot than the Force users of his era. Yeah. I so mean, I, I just the guy just looks like a fucking boss. I mean, lacking the the plastic helmet and breather, he's up there with Vader. Yeah, no, he he looks unique as I mean, pretty much like as unique as you can while still being like in the style of like Dark Force user Star Wars esque type of thing. And it's probably because like, you know, in your work as a mercenary. And then also, if you think of this, like, you know, he, he survived, I mean, again, like he survived the Jedi purge and how did a lot of those Jedi die? They got shot in the back. So put some armor on your back, buddy, because you, especially doing mercenary work, you never know when a laser bolt's going to fly from behind and, and try to take you out. Right. And, and we know now for a fact that, I mean, Balin was Jedi Knight minimum during the Clone Wars. Like, he, he was no apprentice. He was fighting. He knew of Skywalker. Uh, he more than likely was a general, unlike uh, Ahsoka, who I think was just commander until the end. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm loving the guy. This is a figure I doubt they'll make one, but I want a hot toy Balin right now. And Shin. I, I just... Two fucking force users in the robes. I and mean, you don't see that a lot. You, really, I mean, think about it. You really only got to see that type of stuff in the prequels. And then that was all the goody two-shoe dogmatic Jedi assholes. Like, I love, you know, I like a, a, a dark side force user with their garb on going around fucking people up. It's fun. And this trailer gave us plenty of that. So, uh, you know, we are no Jedi as he stabs out. Then we shift, uh, we get a new look at... Uh, I believe that relic that Ahsoka goes to and fights those droids at Nick. And it's a, 
it's it's some mural. It's a carving on the wall. It, it's a, it kind of looks like a female humanoid alien type of figure. And she's got this glowing orb kind of levitating in her hands. Clearly, this is going to be tied to whatever drive Morgan's going for, the world between worlds, if that's going to be looped into the drive, which looks like it is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm positive this this character, this this visage has nothing to do with the father, the daughter and the son of the, you know, the, the force trinity, if you will. Uh, I, I don't know if you had any take. Like, what do you think that that glo- uh, the orb is? I mean, do you think that's like the device they're all looking for for this this? I mean, world between world between worlds engine, as I'm gonna call it. Yeah, I mean, if, like just off of like what we've seen so far, and like Star Wars that we could equate it to, it looks similar to the stone, like the seeing stone that that uh, Grogu was sitting on, and and. Uh, you know, previous episodes of the Mandalorian and stuff. So like, oh, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the lady. Yeah, like no, the, I'm ta- the I know you're talking the about woman. the lady. I'm talking, I'm saying that the green or the gold orb that she's holding. Oh yeah, is that, that he sits on. That looks yeah, with exactly the, okay. like that seeing stone. Yeah, with like those etchings yeah. on it, how it kind of had like those lines yeah. etched. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, the lady herself, who the fuck knows? Um, but the stone, like the stone, the gold, the gold stone is definitely. Uh, a like the seeing a, stone or yeah, whatever that a was seeing called. Seeing stone or some sort yep. of link. I don't know if it's like just like an effigy. Like I don't know if it is like if it's actually something that they require or if this is just like a a part of this whole relief that was like built into this wall and it is like a symbol of something that they need or if it actually is something that yeah, can be that- like extracted off of that. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's it's yeah, it's it's symbolizing a device they need or like you said this could be the device itself that Ahsoka is going to retrieve the pop out or whatnot. Yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely like a a world between worlds link because it's so similar to the one that we already know is is connected to the world between worlds uh from Grogu's time on Tython. Um so yeah, well, I mean it's but the the woman since herself Since you brought Tython so up yeah. The next shot, Nick, clearly, I mean, this is not Tython, all right? We, we we can establish that, but it's it's clearly another force temple of some sort that is structured very much like what we saw in the Mandalorian on Tython. Uh, it doesn't appear to have the seeing stone in the middle. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nick, I guess from your or Legends lore, would, would these essentially, are these just the the remains of ancient Jedi temples or were, or were these structures built this way where they're open air structures that they could go and do whatever? I mean, honestly, there, there wasn't really anything like this in the, in the old legends, like stuff like there, there weren't okay. like these seeing stone markers or, or, or something like that, that at least that I was aware of that could have been in like other stuff that I hadn't read or hadn't played through. But I mean, this is definitely not the remains of a temple because it's too small. Um, and from what I can tell here, it looks like the stone, like this is the same type of place. I mean, this could be like, you know, these things could have been placed or like these, these, you know, ritual sites could have been placed on like nexuses of like especially powerful force energy okay. and like it's, like like altars or markers yeah. like hey this is this is a special location yeah. where you can come and meditate or you can like you can do like it would almost be like a good 
kind of comparison to make, but it, it, it'll, it's almost like a nexus point to where like, if there's something that you want to do that is not possible, like through normal means of force use, like this is, it's almost like an amplification zone. Got you. It's like, right. you can come I can, here. I can get and, behind that. Yeah. And like, you can, because of the powerful crossing of, of, or the powerful, like, you know, source of, of, of force power here, you can do things that you usually wouldn't be able to do with the force when you're, when you're on this location. And if it's channeled through one of these like particular stones, which in this case, this image here looks like the stone itself has been removed because you can see the spot where it was like where all of those nexus, like where all of those lines are converging. You can see the circle right where it should be, but clearly it's not there. And this is, Almost exactly like the one that Grogu was using on Tython. Yeah, I just I wonder like if there's a significance be- between the number of pillars. Was there? There's like nine on the outer, and it looks like there was at one point nine on the inner. I mean, to me, Nick, do you almost get? It, it almost feels like the Jedi Council chamber room. You know, the the circular room where they all sit around and pontificate. But I I like I think what you're saying is is what I'm gonna buy. That it it's like an amplifier. It's a it's a natural occurrence of of whatever force energy. And if you already have the ability to tap into it, if you're here and you really focus and channel, just like Grogu did. I mean, the yeah. m- motherfucker just sat on the stone and it shot a goddamn beam into the galaxy that Luke Skywalker was able to feel. So clearly, that's not too far off. So I, I think uh, young Nick wins this one. Take it to the fucking bank. Cha ching see yeah we'll see right. i mean it's it's gonna be interesting because like i would assume that there are a lot of these points across the galaxy on different planets and stuff like obviously yeah, well, like every we know this is at least the one. second one now yeah yeah you know you know planets like you know felucia or tatooine or you know like like really kind of like tatooine definitely doesn't have one yeah. we've been there so many fucking <laughs> times that we would if have we, seen it by now if <laughs> we go to tatooine and they all of a sudden have one of these things and be like what the fuck man like come on what, what does oh, this planet not have um but yeah i mean I an would ocean seen, but it used to yeah, right used according to, to the sand people so <laughs> Uh, All right, so Nick, yeah, while we're seeing these scenes, we get the line from Shin. What happens when we find Thrawn? And this is where Balin comes in, where I was saying, like, well, th- this guy definitely has a chub for the power, too. But he says, power such as you've never dreamed. And we can see Morgan in the center of this, this area we're talking about channeling her night sister supposedly magic force magic whatever you want to call it and uh it then kicks into nick it it's it's like they turn on something and this is why i'm calling it like a world between worlds drive and you know we we read rumors that that she was building some sort of vessel some sort of ship this this may be it. It may not be a vessel per se. It may be like a warp portal yeah. of some sort. That that Because you can see, right, it goes through the trailer. This thing buzzes up. You get like this ball of energy and light just sequestered around this, as we're calling it, this, this force fountain. And uh, yeah, I don't think we get any new lines there. But I will say that while this is going on, if you look in the second shot I have of, the, of this uh, World Between Worlds engine... Nick, there are other people there with them. There's, yeah. an, there's an additional ship there. And I think it's going to be some of these thugs that we see down in the trailer that are fighting. Um, Sabine's fighting one of them. 
I don't know if we see Ahsoka fight him, but but they are there with some backup. It's not just Morgan, uh, Shin, and Balin. Um, but what do you, what do you think? I mean, do do you think there this is part of a ship, or do you think this is the device? It's it's going to be a portal of some sort. I yeah, I mean it's it would be or, so- or Nick fuck the ship and they just truly world between worlds and pull them out. I don't I don't know. I don't See, know. What, what what do you think? I think like. I mean, the most the most logical A to B way is like to use the like if you know of the world between worlds and then you can access the world between worlds. The best way to get thrown back is like, all right, just pull this motherfucker through like Ezra did to Ahsoka, you know, like go back to a moment where you know that he can be extracted and and, and do it that way. And then that way you don't have to worry about like if you build because here's the problem. Even if you build a ship, you don't know where he is. Like, unless they were able to somehow track the location of the Chimera from right something, like you don't you don't know where he is. Yeah, so, that's a great point because I mean, apparently the the what's his name from the Mandalorian, Admiral Shithead or Captain Shithead, he's like, yeah, no, Thrawn's coming. We're we're good. How do they know? How do they know where he where he, is it yeah. all bluff? That's a good good point to make. Yeah, so it's like. In my opinion, it's either it's one of two things. It's like a straight up world between worlds portal like device where they can like where they can they can extract use of the world between worlds, even though it wasn't like revealed to them in a proper way, like it was with Ezra and like it was with 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 the Canaan and and stuff like that, because. Up to this point, that's the only way that we know how you can access it is like you almost have to be like chosen to access the world between worlds. It's not just like, well, at a certain point in your Jedi training, like you learn about the time travel thing. Like that's that's not how it works. But it seems like Morgan Elsbeth has somehow figured out a way to like tap into the world between worlds without being like granted access to it. Um, So in my opinion, it's either like, they truly do just have the power to like turn the world between worlds on and like jump to a location or a time um, and then can work from there. Or if it really is a vessel, then it is a vessel that is powered by the, the energy of the world between worlds and would essentially allow them to time travel with like almost like a TARDIS or something like that from, from Dr. Who. Um, Yeah. It's it's like, I I don't, I, Listen, I know it's been established. I, I just I hope this series doesn't get into, oh, yeah, we're just going to pop back to Rebels and pull Thrawn out and then we just hide him for the entire rebellion and then we bring him back. You know, it it, it worked for Ahsoka because it worked. I, I hate to say it that way, but it did. Uh, for Thrawn, things get a lot more messy because of the established canons. Like if they did go and grab him before he gets lost, then why did Thrawn just watch the empire fall as a supreme strategist? Yeah. I mean, it it could be another moment like it, like literally exactly like it was in Ahsoka. It's like the moment that he, like him and Ezra were going to fucking get pergilled away to wherever they get pergilled away to. They come in, extract him right at that moment. And then it's like, okay, well you don't, then you, you don't have to worry about like, Oh, well where was Thrawn at the moment when the, 
fucking empire fell and all this shit. Well, I guess they could take, well, if it is traveling time, they could just take them back to the, yeah, they just take them back to the present time, like to the, to the, now we're confirmed. Like that's the other thing now is that this is confirmed to be taking place versus man, uh, like in Mando S3 timeline. So like you, you, they would just essentially like, he would just lose all those years. Like he would just be like, okay, well, I, I would like that as long as it's not, Oh, Hey, we just popped him out. And then he, he hid. We like kept him in a bunker. Yeah. yeah, Keep it, keep it like a portal or an engine of some sort. Let's not get too goofy with the timeline. Yeah. All right. It's Uh, kind of inevitable at this point. I feel like there's, there like, unless they do it a very specific way there, there there may, there's probably going to be some timeline wonkiness, but like, that's that's just kind of the the deal you make when you play with time travel. Like you just kind of have to. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Just like how Jason Sindula changes his hair and appearance in between uh, animated and live action. That that's just what happens. Those are some things that you can't compromise or that you can compromise on. Okay, um, going into the trailer, Nick, we got a, a much bigger look at the New Republic flotilla. There's some blockade run runners in there. You had some frigates. You had your traditional Moncal cruisers. It, it seemed like the fleet was almost mustering. And I I wonder is in the planet Nick. It didn't even look like Coruscant. Like there weren't. There's not that many lights on on the surface. So I guess what what the fuck do you think's going on here? Is this like the last of the Republic fleet? Where is it hanging out? What the hell is it doing? Yeah, I mean at this point it, it could literally like we you know. Maybe this is just like completely disconnected from the rest of the storyline because, you know, like right now, Mando S3 timeline, the 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 New Republic government is probably focused on like, hey, let's let's try to wipe out the remnant of the of the uh, empire where we can. So, like, if you find remnant empire, let's just fucking wipe them out. Be done with this. Then we can move into demilitarization because that's what Mon Mothma wants to do and, um, you know, move on from there. So it, it could literally be like we're just seeing a scene of the New Republic flotilla taking out Remnant Empire somewhere over a planet that's kind of hard or, to or judge. Or just floating. Like it, it could be a transition scene yeah, for all could we be, know. Could I mean, be. you got to remember, a lot of times these trailers are only from the first three, maybe four episodes. That's so, true. I mean, it, it could um, also be... This is them moving to Hosnian Prime. You know, like we know that the seat mm-hmm. of the New Republic is not on Coruscant. We know that the seat of the New Republic was on Hosnian Prime in the Hosnian system. And like we haven't really seen them make that jump yet because in in uh, Mando or what was it? Was it Mando S3? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. They're still on Coruscant. They're still on like Coruscant. They're, so yep. like. Mm-hmm. They still need to make that move, and we know that they're not. Gonna- and you were, I mean, Nick, it, this looks like because they were even talking about demilitarization in Mando S three. Yeah. So to me, this looks like this probably is it. Like this is the New Republic fleet, or what's left of it. I mean, you have three cruisers there. You have multiple frigates, multiple blockade runners, and a bunch of snub fighters and a wings and whatnot. You don't just like chill with that type of shit. I think, I think this is the new Republic Navy and we may possibly see the remnant or, or Thrawn's return come here and fucking nearly wipe this thing out as well. Like kind of playing the next point, this Navy could get almost fully decimated and that could be the impetus for getting the fuck out of Dodge and going to Hosnian prime as well. Yeah. And Uh, it's, it's tough too, because like there's a lot of, there's so many open questions on like how Thrawn returns and, and 
like in in what fashion and the power like the power balin talks about right like yeah listen we all know thrawn is a master strategist but what sort of power that you've never dreamed a force users never dreamed of so they i think some of the the rumors and leaks got to be true that wherever he was chilling he has met some other people that have opened his eyes or exposed him to this this power that you've never dreamed you know what i mean yeah and and like like you can draw so many parallels to so many different Star Wars properties because that's the same thing that happened with Revan. Like Revan gets shunted, you know, like him and, and Malik travel out into the unknown regions, chase down the remaining Mandalorians from the Mandalorian Wars, and he comes back as a fucking Sith because there is just this this em- emperor out there that's been in the in the unknown regions of space and he gets a hold of Revan and Malik and turns them. Is there a situation like that with Thrawn where like he runs into a like some sort of like ancient force user and is now like in, in imbued with power? I hope that's not it. What I really think it is, is it's like Morgan Elsbeth is a just a sycophantic follower of Thrawn. Like she she is such a devoted like acolyte to Thrawn that she's just convinced that like whenever he comes back, <laughs> she's, she's pumped him up a little yeah, bit. Like she, I don't even like it. Has she even been in contact with him? Like, you know, like what level right. of, of information does she actually have from Thrawn? Because as far as we know, nobody's even been in contact with him and we're not even a hundred percent sure if Morgan's been in contact with him. We just know that she yeah. is working extremely hard to bring him back. Um, so like the, the yeah, power, you, would, you would hope that, that there is, that yeah. they're, they're going to explain this. Yeah. You, you're, you're bringing up great points. Cause like, how does she know? Why does she, why does she need him? So bad? like, listen, I, I don't want to get you Thrawn bros upset. I love the guy too, but in the end, he was just a brain and a strategist. It's not like he had some mystical power Yeah, I mean, he that was, people would fawn over and be like, Hey, if we bring him back, it's going to change our lives. Yeah. Like, no, that the Thrawn, we know that that's not him. So he's clearly, and Nick, you are like, she, she has to know something. Yeah. Obviously it'd be, it'd be odd. Like you're saying, if she didn't, it's just, what did he find? Why did he give him this power? Does he have it physically or is it more? He's bringing the force with him. I, that's I probably the case. That, like, the power is, I, I, I almost think that the power is not connected to Thrawn. The power Correct. is no. I'm I'm with you. It yeah. is is like this this night sister magic or the or or how they use the force in the unknown regions. See, that that to me is going to be the power. The un, we've heard about undead it. armies too. Like, can he does? Did he learn through these people how to raise the dead? Because we we've heard those through rumors real as well. Dumb shit. If they did that, like, well, that's but, the night sister way. They they definitely reanimate corpses. Yeah. Uh, but I almost think that the power is. The power is unlocking the world between worlds. Like the power is like the power for Balin and Shin is like once we once we can like if we are successful in going back and extra and like pulling Thrawn back into our current time, that is the power. The power is being able to access this this store of 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 time and in space that we can literally go like if we wanted to we could go back and we could pull we could save palpatine or whatever we could go back and we could save darth vader from from being killed and we could truly build 
an unstoppable force, an unstoppable legion of, of, of the most powerful, you know, dark side force users in history and, 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 and rule the galaxy unopposed. You know, I, I feel like that is a power that, that is beyond power you, comprehension. Yes, I agree. Because like, I agree. If it's Thrawn and he's like, oh, I came back and I can raise the dead. It's like, one, that doesn't make any lick of sense for Thrawn. Like, it makes sense for Morgan Elspeth because she is a night sister and like that, right. that magic is Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying Thrawn's going to have any of this power. I, Nick, again, he always says it more eloquently, but I, he's bringing the power with him. Yeah, for sure. And I do think it is going to be a little bit of the, the, the arcane side of the force. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they portray that or like what the power actually is. Like, is the power just the ability to like to access the past or to access other times and and bring people back? Because if that's- here, here, you might like this one, Nick, this comes from Nova. Maybe they want Thrawn to find Ezra since he's the key to the world between worlds. But he's not like you can already see like, I mean, like we're looking at this screenshot here. And if if like if this is accurate, like they've act, they have at least. Yeah, she's she's been able to activate something by herself. And like, so, I mean, I mean, I guess you could look at it that way. It's like, well, if you get Thrawn, you get Ezra. And if you get Ezra, then you get like the you get like the key to the world. Yeah, the full, full potential. Right. But then like. That's a whole other fucking bag of worms that you've just opened because, okay, now (laughs) you bring back Ezra, but Ezra is a trained force user who was on the Jedi path. So what do you think? He's just going to be like, okay, well, cool. I'll help you guys. Like you would have to like, what are you going to do? Like you have to subdue him at the very least, if not completely incapacitate him. And then, and then what you can use him to unlock it. Like, I just don't understand how that would work. Um, Thrawn is a Bango's asking here, and I do know this. Bango's saying it'd be cool if they pair him with a force user. That's what they did in Heir to the Empire. He is getting paired with someone named Enoch, who is played by a homeboy with a beard from the Expanse. I forget his name. Yeah, Wes Chatham. Um, but um, but it, it's it, he's being described as like Thrawn's unknown regions, unknown galaxy, you know, bodyguard assassin type of deal. So there's a good chance that that, uh, this Enoch character may, may have a little arcane, you know, arcane in him or magic in him, if you will, force magic, you never know. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible for sure. But I, yeah, I mean, the the Ezra angle would be hard to imagine because it seems like we'll be talking about Ezra coming up. Um, so as the trailer moves on, we get more of the New Republic stuff. We we see what seems to be the New Republic leadership. Mon's there. Uh, Kaz's dad is there. But we get a new voiceover from Hera that we didn't we haven't heard before, and she says, um, "I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one." So clearly, Hera's on board. It sounds like Ahsoka is going to be on board. Uh, but as we know, the New Republic tends to shoot themselves in the foot when it comes to the freedom fighters that help them win the galaxy, giving them warnings. It, it, it's sounding like Princess Leia was not the only one to, to try to shoot flares up in front of Mon Mosva's face saying, listen, we can't just sit around here singing Kumbaya when you got all these fucking psychos still out in the galaxy. So please... Give us a little now so we can prevent a big disaster in the future. And uh, 
you know, with hindsight, we know obviously these are Mon Mothma's worst decisions as a leader. Uh, but it's good to see Hera kind of coming in and, and having that, that fire we know her to have, that anti-establishment. Like, yes, she's a general. Yes, she's in in the Navy. But clearly, whatever happens in the series, Nick, is going to kind of get her to kind of go back to her roots of freedom fighting uh, on her own Yeah, with yeah. friends. Um, yeah, I mean, if anything, we know very well that fucking... Mon Mothma hates military action, like of any right. kind. Yeah. Um, so it is, and you would think like she, she, we know she has the stomach for it. She sat there planning for decades with Luthen to do heinous shit, but now once she gets to power, it's like no, no, no. Everyone's going to be nice because we're the new republic, and you know we have these programs where you can rejoin society even if you, you know, committed genocide throughout the galaxy as an imperial. A bunch of happy horse shit. But so, you know, we, we see a new shot Hera meeting Ahsoka. We we know Ahsoka goes to see the New Republic. So and it does look to be the same type of hangar that we just saw Balin and Shin in. Could yeah. all be coincidence. But I'm, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm leaning more toward I, it's just weird. Like this is a chicken and egg thing. Is it the bad guys fucking them with the New Republic that gets Ahsoka to go meet with them, or is it vice versa? I think yeah, it could work I, I, either way. I think way. that, like, if it really was the bad guys first, then there wouldn't even be a conversation with Mon. Like, it would be like, you you literally just had people walk on your ship or, like, walk yeah, into your flotilla and just murder everybody in it. So you do, are you okay with that? Like, is that, so we're still in demilitarized time, right? Because you just had yeah, half of a ship a killed point. by two people. Like <laughs> it, it has to be, it yeah. has to be after, after. they're there. Yep. You're right. Um, You're right. Yeah. Gonk droid. Uh, and we get some new dialogue and, and Nick kind of teased this earlier. And I, I, I like this where you get Hera essentially saying, like, you and I both know who could help you with this. I'm not going to lie, Nick. When I first heard that line, I was like, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I was like, nope, that's, yeah, not, yeah. that's definitely not it. But that is a point that is not being made. I mean, you got to remember, Luke's like, I guess we give him a pass. He was trying to rebuild the order. But uh, once again, like Yoda and those before him, he allowed a massive force to kind of rise while he's chilling, hanging out. Yeah, um, and, the, and then the whole Ahsoka, Luke you know, Skywalker she, of it is just like it's one of those things where it's like it's it's gonna constantly fuck up shit like this, just always. Well, if you remember, man, you and I, and I know me specifically, is like we don't need legacy characters in these new shows. No, it's not gonna be Luke in the finale. It can't be Luke. I'll take Cal Kestis, Milk Toast. It can't be Luke. You don't need Luke. You don't need the big three. You don't need the Skywalkers. And they're like, well, fuck you. You don't know shit. You're in your basement talking about Star Wars. We're working at Lucasfilm. We're bringing back Luke. And look what that now does. We know Luke is active in the galaxy. We know Luke has a bond with Ahsoka, yet he's going to let her hang on this one because his robots are building the temple. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that like, you're, you're, you're screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't because it's like, Luke's the ultimate trump card. So it's like, okay, well, you know, it, what's well, it? The other thing case, people, like anything pops up, it's like, well, where's Luke? But in this, in this particular instance, it's like Luke, Luke knows what the threat that Thrawn poses. It's like, yeah, you know, if you're fucking around in the Mando verse and stuff like that, and you're talking about some regional warlord dickhead, like fucking, what's his name? Moff Gideon. Like Luke doesn't have to be involved. He's like, you know, this is small potatoes. Like, 
Thrawn coming back into the galaxy, accessing the world between worlds and all this shit. Like, this is some Luke level stuff that you could probably use his help with. Yeah, I, I would think so. And maybe he'll show up in Filoni's crossover. But it, it's just one of those weird things. I'm sure people will justify it. But they'll be the same people like, that was, that's the wrong Luke in TLJ. He always goes and helps when, when called upon. Well, hello? Hello? Where is he? Where is he? Luke, where are you? And I mean, like, Thrawn's the, coming at, back. Yeah, at this time too, like at least in in TLJ, there was like a reason for him to be in isolation. Like, the, you know, like he. Yeah, he failed miserably and created Darth Vader too. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and like it, now it, he's just like, hold on, I'm starting a fucking Jedi Academy with with babies and baby Yodas that don't even want to stay with me. Yeah, so I can't like, help. There's there's always that. It's almost like you need to have like a reason for him to not be there. Like it needs to be. Well, like, well, why isn't he here? It's like, well, he left the galaxy. Yeah. Like, he's in a completely different okay, galaxy. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, he's he's looking for the last book. That, yeah. That'd be fine. Just just give me something like that. And, and I'm just playing with you guys. I know there's a lot of Luke bros out there. I've just, I've always loved Luke, but I've always seen him as the character that, that I've interpreted him as. He's, yes, heroic for sure, but he's a whiny motherfucker that doesn't really listen to anybody. And does kind of do his own thing. I mean, that's Luke Skywalker. All right? The people are like, look, Luke in the Empire, he went and saved his friend. No, he didn't. He went and fucked all that shit up by going to Bespin. <laughs> that's what he did. All right? We love you, Luke. Don't worry. If you bring it, you talk about Luke. Some people, you know, they'll light your house on fire. <laughs> um, all right, so here's where we get into the, into the, the thing we, we started earlier with, uh, you know, they're clearly not talking about Luke. They're talking about Sabine. Which, you know, okay. Uh, you know, Ahsoka says she's still just as stubborn as ever. And that's when we first get our shots of Sabine, you know, clearly living her best life on Lothal, chilling in Ezra's hovel, let her hair grow out. Looks like she's, you know, she's on that same highway that we saw Ezra race on multiple times. Who knows if she's fucking with something or just screwing around. It does look like she's fucking with something because she like skids under a ship and I think there's some explosions. Yeah. But clearly Sabine has kind of checked out of galactic politics and it's now sounding, Nick, it it wasn't for Mandalore. It wasn't to support Bo-Katan. It was because her and Ahsoka had some sort of a falling out. Not like I hate you and never want to see you again, but they had a split Kind of like Anakin and Ahsoka had a split where they just, Ahsoka says it, she walks away and that's it. Leaves her there. I mean, why was Sabine being stubborn? Why is Ahsoka called her master? Why does Sabine call her master? Uh, That's typically not something Mandalorians would do, especially to a non-Mandalorian. It is very force user training like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we also see later in the trailer, she like whips out. Ezra's lightsaber when she's fighting against Shin. So like we know that we know that one, she has the lightsaber and two, more than likely she was being trained by Ahsoka at a certain point in time, which is why the master thing has been thrown out there. I guess. So like you asked earlier, does Sabine have latent force abilities or is the master apprentice just a, a a more traditional, like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to be a badass warrior woman force or not. Yeah, it's it's tough because 
I mean, I don't remember specifically during the arc in Rebels when she was training with the dark saber with Kanan if she if there was like a hint that she had force no. sensitivity. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't believe. Never. She was. had the ability to to comfortably wield the dark saber. Like unlike Din, well, she well, could unlike, handle it. But that yeah, like that everybody was else in the fucking galaxy except Din. Everybody can. Pick hey, they they brought it up in the behind the scenes. We will talk about that. But they did bring it up. Like, look, you know, the signs were there all along. Din was not meant to be the leader. Yeah. The motherfucker I couldn't guess, even I pick up the dark saber. Sabine was meant to be leader and everybody else who touched the thing was but, but not him but then like, he's, it's, they, he's an adventure they, they made a, a real dumbass choice with that and then they just have to back into why it happened yeah. um but anyway um so like it has to be purely like purely based off of like i'm going to train you how to fight like a jedi or something like okay. that like i'm going to teach you the ways of lightsaber Wait. combat you would think Sabine's a pretty fucking competent fighter considering she's a purebred Mandalorian with the full kit. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just like it's it's weird that these two f- had a master and apprentice relationship when one, from what we know, has no force abilities yeah. and the other walked away from her proper force training. Yeah, it, it's it's an odd dynamic all around for sure. I mean, the only thing that I can right, think Bat, of... Bat's saying, Bat's saying she did call Kanan Master 2, so it could just be a, it's like a sign it, of respect. Yeah, it could be, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's... it's. I mean, here's probably what happened. I mean, these two, like, both of these two, like, dedicated themselves to, like, we're going to find Ezra. That's going to be our primary charge during the, the Rebels epilogue. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to... This is... The only thing that we're going to focus on at a certain point, you can't focus on that anymore. Like there is life to live like this motherfucker's gone. Well, it could have been since Sabine's been called the stubborn one. It it could have been Sabine like, no, I am not giving up my search where Ahsoka's like, listen, it's there are other things. We got to move on. Yeah. Especially like when Ahsoka hears like, hey, there are other things like brewing in this galaxy that we have Morgan and Grogu and so forth. And, you know, all right. So. This is where we get, you know, Hera's like, I bet your master found you difficult at times. And Ahsoka, you know, replies, um, Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him just like I walked away from Sabine. So, Nick, do you think at a, at a moment like that, do we potentially get a flashback or does a flashback lead into this? It, it, to me, it seems like a perfect opportunity like, hey, we're talking about your master and you walked away. Is that an opportunity either before or after this scene to give us Clone Wars, Anakin and Ahsoka? Um, I would hope so. I mean, I, I, I will say that I like. You would kind of be re I mean, like they, they haven't tried away from it, but like you would kind of be rehashing something that we saw happen in real time already. Like we've already we already saw the moment that she literally walked away from him like. And we saw all of the events leading well, up I, to I, that. I would I mean, more like more like a lesson or like a fun time where she she's having like a fun memory of of the master apprentice bond that she had with Anakin. Maybe, but I, I, would, I, did, I would it just like I would want to see the moment that she walked away from Sabine more than the moment that she walked away from Anakin. Like we've already like we've seen fucking seven seasons of that shit. So like, give us something that we haven't seen before. Like, right. I I think right. that that is the more like. That's the more pertinent aspect to it. It's like, yeah, it's like she she mentioned Anakin. Like, that's when I walked away from Anakin. And you could get a flashback of it for the people who never watched a cartoon series. Like, it would be cool for them to see some sort of, like, interaction 
uh, happen in live action. I do. I, I think I think it's going to happen. I really do. Like you, you don't start throwing around Anakin's name. I mean, you, you, they didn't even use Anakin's name with fucking Luke and Ahsoka. Like they didn't call him Anakin. They just just kind of like, you know, he's the white whale. You just you don't even mention the fact that he you hear Anakin twice in this trailer. It's like, yeah, Hayden's got to be in it. And like Connor's saying here in the live stream chat. Hopefully it's both in a flashback and force ghost form. I, I think you and I have been asking for that ever since Rosario potentially let loose that Hayden was going to be in this. That would be the best use. I would love to see those two. Not not like Nick saying, I, I, we don't need to see the walk away moment, but a moment between Master and Apprentice where she's either looking up to him like, my God, this guy's fucking great. I learned so much from him. Look at him. Look at him go. You know, they're kicking ass on a battlefield. And then potentially towards the end, like we had in Kenobi, uh, let's say Ahsoka potentially either wins or does something big. And, and Anakin kind of comes in, just says, hey, I'm I'm still with you, Snips. Like, I, I'm here. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's so weird because it really depends on like. We know we're in Mando season three timeline. We don't have any sort of in, like inclination to believe that she was contacted by Force Ghost Anakin when we last saw her on Corvus in season two of Mandalorian. So like, it it probably would have had to happen between that time period where it's like between when she met up with with Din and Grogu, and then from that point on. Um, yeah, I mean maybe maybe they save it for like for that moment to happen in real time in the show. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, did you get the inclination when we had that interaction on Corvus that she had like somehow been contacted by Anakin's force ghost before then? Like, I, I just don't remember and, and if that, like, no, no. And, and I don't even think they would have had to have done that to set yeah. that up in Ahsoka if it happens. I mean, you, it's just like her and Luke seem like they've had a years long relationship and we don't know. Like, we don't know if they actually hung out before they were hanging out with Grogu or not. So I, they can keep that stuff kind of yeah. murky and I don't think it would break anything. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, it's like Ahsoka goes through all these trials and tribulations in her series, kind of comes out feeling better about herself and her own apprentice. That's when I could see Force Ghost Anakin kind of. Yeah making his presence known like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm, yeah, I'm watching I th- this. I think that would be the better way to do it than have it be like something that like retroactively like, Oh yeah, this happened before and you just never saw it. I think that that would be the better way to go about it for sure. Um, either way you're getting, but like yeah, Hayden I mean, will be flashback and hopefully I think flashback probably is more likely but I would like the two for like Connor saying, I, 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 I definitely do think would not like complain this is, as a fanboy. I can't like, there, there's going to be at least a few flashbacks in this series. Like this one is so ripe for flashbacks. It almost seems like they may stray away from it because it's so easy to do it's them. Too, it's too obvious. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you could, you could definitely do flashbacks between her and her master and then her and Sabine. For yeah. Sure, like I mean, said, like, at the very least, I do think that we should get like flashbacks to when Sabine and, and Ahsoka were like training, because that's something that we've never seen before. We never even knew was happening before. So like, I would like to see the moment where she walks away from Sabine, because I think that that is going to be a telling moment to, to, to really understand like, where these two characters sit in, ter- in like terms of their relationship and like what caused the division 
Because if right. it's just left at like, well, I walked away and you never see why, like it, it almost feels a little bit empty, especially after like a big tease like this in the trailer. Like you almost have, you almost. Yeah. It, it, it's not like even in this trailer, they didn't, I mean, I didn't bring up, I didn't go over the scenes we already saw, but it's not like when Ahsoka shows up on Lothal, Sabine's like, Hey, Ahsoka, you're here. Yeah, it's more yeah. like, Oh fuck. Okay. Well, I haven't seen you in a while. This is awkward. Uh, all right, what do you want to get into? And it looks like that's kind of where these next scenes come in. It, it appears that maybe Ahsoka has her on her ship right now, and they're talking about life. And this is where Sabine essentially says, you never made things easy for me. And then we start getting the, um, the, the Ezra voiceover, which is kick-ass. But before I get into that, I know everyone has figured this out by now, but I'm sure Nick never, didn't pay attention. But the little astromech... Nick, that's a, a clear nod to the Kenner R2-D2. If you go look at the Kenner R2-D2, it's got like the these triangle beveled out sections and the big eyes. So you got that. But anyways, we get some great dialogue from Ezra, which I believe is repurposed from Rebels finale when he says this. I don't think this is a new recording. Uh, I believe this is the same message message he gives to Sabine before he goes and makes his sacrifice. But he says, as a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to see this through. So, Nick, the way the trailer's kind of edited, we know it's not in order, obviously. But it does seem Ahsoka's going to come back and say, hey, Sabine, let's figure our shit out. We got something to do. Sabine's not like, yeah, let's go. She's going to have to think about it. She goes back to her room, throws on the Ezra thing. He delivers this message. And that seems Ezra's message, Ahsoka showing back up, that seems to be what motivates Sabine to kind of get back to business. Because we see her doing the the Kanan long hair knife slash as she's donning her armor, you know, looking at her helmet. It, it seems like Ahsoka showing up, getting Ezra's message again, that motivates her to join Ahsoka on this uh, latest adventure. Yeah, yeah, I... I- yeah, that's 100% the order of events there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then really it's just like, well, where, like, what's their first stop from here? You know, like, how early does this happen in the show? I mean, like, is this an episode one thing? Is this like episode two? And then it's Sabine a good question. I, to me, Nick, I could see, I could see Sabine doing her like Rambo montage as, like towards the end of episode two. Like, yeah. It's going to take episode one and two to kind of, all right, here's where we are. Here's what's happening. Here's where we need to go. Let's get all the characters shuffled and yeah. by the end of two, Sabine's going to, you know, have the, the, the short hair and they're going to be off to the races. Yeah. Um, so we get some other, after Ezra's uh, Ahsoka goes, sometime we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. And that was a great shot of Sabine kind of saying goodbye to her mural, specifically Ezra. So it does seem like they are playing into the 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 fact that these two might have started developing feelings for each other towards the end of Rebels, which, you know, I, I, I think it was starting to happen early on. Ezra definitely annoyed Sabine, but I think by the end of season four, uh, these two possibly could have been a thing if they wanted to. Um, they head out in Ahsoka's ship. It looks like they're bringing Huyang with them and, and possibly Hera. Nick, there were some shots where 
Hare's in the cockpit with them, and Yang's in there. They're both in there, so I don't know. I mean, it, does Hera also go out on the main adventure, or is she just more of a liaison? Does she get mixed up in a mission here or there? But it does look like at least these four Rebels characters are together at some point in time. Uh, yep. What else we get here? Ahsoka, if we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain, of course. She's fighting the Inquisitor again, and I, I'm telling you people, and I am probably going out on too far of a limb here, but I would not be surprised if that Inquisitor is Ezra. Could be. Who, who's been, like, fucked up in his time. Yeah, maybe Thrawn got a hold of him and, and used that power source on him and did something. Dude, like, uh, that would just be straight up, we're making Ezra Revan. Like, that's that's essentially what it would be. Is like, like, think of it, like, Ezra goes like Ezra's fighting this force of evil. There's this war going on. He gets transported <laughs> into the unknown regions, comes back as a Sith or as like a dark force user. Like that's 100% rev and rip right there. I hear you. But, but, but what, I guess what else would, who else would be impactful as the inquisitor besides maybe Barris Offy? Yeah. I mean, I think that Barris is like, there's an opportunity for it to be bare. I'm not saying that it would be bad if it was Ezra. Obviously, it would be a really cool turn if it's like, oh, shit, he's bad. It'd be, a nice, gotta, it'd be, like, it'd be a nice little twist for yeah, sure. I bet. I, it's just like, how, just call, like, is he going to have a new name now, too? Are you, are you just going to call him Revan, or you just want to stick with Ezra? <laughs> like, because, dark, dark Ezra. Yeah, it's like, like, how are we referring to him now? But, um, yeah, I mean, like, that's a possibility. Barris is a possibility, too. I think that like the Barris thread being open and like just kind of like sitting in the background that a lot of like like people have forgotten about or a lot of people don't. I mean, like, the, you know, a lot of people may have just like completely lost track of like, I think that that's an opportunity to still have that. And then you would get I think it would be equally as satisfying if it was Ezra, because then you get the moment of like, oh, no, the guy like the Inquisitor that I've yeah. been fighting is yeah, the person I, I'm looking for. I'm with you. But it's also impactful if it's like, oh, the person I'm fighting is this bitch that I've been waiting to get fucking revenge on for decades. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Like now it's now it's on to me. To me, that, that those are the only two options. I know be mad. He's not the only one. I, I, I saw other people throw out the. Uh, could be star killer that that would no, just be way too random fuck. like don't wait wait way, way too random it just it's not there's no narrative the, juice in 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 the mando verse to support that i mean the um, only thing that you could say is like cloning like oh they they were like doing clone shit and like in in the second one he was a clone but like they would it just like, wouldn't like, make sense we can't we can't trust that a lot of people have watched Rebels before going to the show. We sure shit can't trust that they've played a game from 2008. Yeah. About Galen Merrick who was Star Killer was a bad guy. Yeah. So it's uh, like, but it's but listen, I, I that that those were the three. I mean, the the big one out there really is Star Killer. Like, there's a lot of fans pushing for that one. I think that probably from Theory's channel. But to me, narratively. Barris makes a ton of sense, would be a great payoff, like Nick said, and would close a decades-long thread in universe. Ezra would be the the shocking twist, for sure. It'd be, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that one gives you, like, 
gives you similar storylines to what we've had past in Legends. Right? Can then, they save him? Does yeah. the, does does he die? Does he does he end up? Does he come back but yeah. dies in kind of like Vader, where he dies in Redemption? Yeah, because it's I, hard. I, too, I mean, look, I, I would love I would love good Ezra to come back and get more Ezra stories, but that would be a nice little exclamation point on that character's yeah. journey. It's just it's a always, sad one. It's always so hard with these types of characters when you're playing in the middle chapter of a universe, you know? Cause like if he comes back and he doesn't die, then it's like, okay, well, when are you going to kill him? Because he has to die. Like he has to die just like every other Jedi has to die leading up to the, the sequel trilogy. They got to be gone unless you're going to put yourself in another situation where it's like, Oh yeah, like like Kylo Ren went and destroyed the the only Jedi Academy that was out there. But don't worry, there's still a bunch of Jedi available. Like there's still right. some like Jedi around. knights, and not even Padawans, like yeah, full on knights it, or masters. It's <laughs> like you you have to like it's it's just something that you have to address in storytelling. Like you can't like if you choose to leave him alive at the end of this series, then you're almost saying like we will incorporate him in future stories. To finish or, or, his or, story, yeah, yeah, kill him in the movie if you have to. But yeah, I'm with like, you. Ezra can't make it. He can't make it much beyond the Mandoverse, or it gets into that same kind of circle of death we've had before. Like, well, why wouldn't they help? Why wouldn't they help? Yeah. Why wouldn't they help? I mean, hey, you can argue some of them. They just wanted to hide. Ezra was front and center in the rebellion. Like yeah. he was like, hey, I'm a Jedi. I'm a rebel. I'm both. I'm ready to fight the Empire. Like, yeah. he was in it to win it even more than Cal Kestis. Yeah, I mean, like, for Ahsoka, like, I feel like you don't have to kill her because she's just got a habit of being like, okay, well, I'm going to hang out for a while and then I'm going to disappear because I feel like it. And then comes well, back. Well, she says she it here. I mean, it's, it seems like Floney is going to double down on her Ronin mantra where it's like, yeah. She'll just walk away. Yeah, <laughs> like, like she literally. If things get itchy. She's out. Yeah, she's like out. she she is she is a non-committal person when it comes to friendships and when it comes to to causes. Like as soon as right. she feels Fuck like that. her time is up, she's like, "All right, well, I'm out. Good luck." Definitely doesn't want to train <laughs> force users. Doesn't want to be around them. Hates them. Thinks they're smelly. Gives yeah. them to people so in like, helmets named Din. I'm very interested because I, I mean, like, I I trust Filoni to to have like identified these things leading up to this kind of in game style moment in in the well, in the film. I'll just I'll happen. ask uh, I'll ask Justin. He he seems to know something here. We'll see. I don't know yeah. if I want to know if he knows, but I won't. I don't. Tell you I don't want to know either. <laughs> if you do find that saying, don't Ahsoka tell me. dies. Yes, I do think Ahsoka will die at some point. Uh, probably not until the movie or off screen, though. I don't. She's not dying. Yeah, I mean, I gotta series. imagine that she'll make it to the movie. Um, I gotta, and the thing is, is like, you also have to be you. You have to be acutely ready for the fact that like this series is not going to end Thrawn. Like th this is the beginning no. of Thrawn. Like right, it's not like okay, Thrawn comes back episode one, and then by episode ten he's gone already. Like. There is no other way for this to yeah, go would, other than like he's back. It's almost it's almost a Palpatine moment. He's back. Like what the fuck? <laughs> okay, right. he's back. No, you're How did you're, he you're come not back? wrong. I mean he he is gonna be and and that's why they had the the circle wipe on Mando season three. That chapter's over. The Gideon as as the main remnant guy that that's done for now. But you know once Thrawn comes back, that's the new big bad they got to deal with. And, you know, ultimately, the good guys are going to take him out, but that's just going to give rise to the First Order. Yeah, you know, so, so it's like, 
you're going to like, he's the big bad in the movie, you know, more than likely if, if Ezra is alive and they save him, he's going to be in the movie. Ahsoka's going to be in the movie. Sabine's going to be in the movie. Hera might get killed. Like, I'm just going to put that out there that Hera may, may be a sacrifice in this show. Um, like you can't like, there's too many, like knowing there's a movie takes the mystery out of who's going to make it through the series because you're not going to kill all of your main players before you get to the big movie. No. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the bad team's probably going to take more hits in the series. Like Balin and Shin are almost assuredly (laughs) toast. Like, you know, well, we maybe, were talking about that earlier. I mean, rest in well, peace, Ray. Yeah, but Ray it, being dead, like we could be in a, a Carrie Fisher situation where this character may have had some legs, but because yeah. the actor's dead, they're they're going to kill all that. And who knows what if they were going to do an Ahsoka season two, what, what, or the movie was Balin ever involved? Do they have to rewrite some of that shit now? So you just don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. kind of figure out. Like it's harder to figure out like the evil forces now than it is to figure out the good forces because the evil forces. Unless like, you know, like maybe Gideon comes back like like proper Gideon and then it, it's revealed that like, you know, the Gideon that got blasted on Mandalore was really a clone like we've been saying since the finale or like Matt's been saying since the finale primarily. Like I'm kind of on the fence about that, but I mean, it's very possible that he comes back. Morgan's there. But I mean, then, like, Giancarlo essentially spoils yeah. it in the BTS. He's like, oh, you never know. Gideon may yeah. rise from the ashes. Hardy exactly. har har. It's exactly. like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Giancarlo. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> for keeping it ominous, pal. And, it's like somebody and you can rely to, like to, to really have a conversation with him and be like, dude. Don't fucking give away everything so yeah, quickly. Disney, I mean, Lucasfilm had complete control over that. They could yeah. edit that. They put it right in. They just yeah. let him go. They're like, yeah, hey, fuck it. That's Esposito. You, you yeah. know, some people, they don't know to take him seriously or not. So we'll like, just let it go. It's, yeah, I mean, like bad forces are in this movie are essentially going to be like the the newly codified, like the newly like coalesced, like remnant empire is going to come back and form itself under Thrawn, have Thrawn as its leader. You have Morgan as his right hand and then you have I mean, at this point, it's like, who is that force user? Is Wes Chatham's character of Enoch a force user that he like found out in the unknown regions and like right. you know, has been under right. his wing? Does Shin stay on even though Balin's gone? Um, like, how? Do I, they I think this it? one here, in terms of death, be mad. Zeb will, will be sacrificed to save money on CGI. <laughs> hey, probably, <laughs> yeah, possibly. You never know. Yeah, he'll just get he'll get blown up in a ship like Snap Wexley in in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh snap. <laughs> Boom! Done. Yeah. I saw Greg, Greggy, Greggy Boy showed up in Mission Impossible Three last night. I'm like, how did he get in here? I'm like, oh yeah, JJ, JJ directed this movie. That's why. JJ. That's a, we all needed a friend like JJ when we were little. If you think about it, Greg Grunewald has had a great life of acting in like geeky shows, not becoming too famous that you can't like go out and live a normal life. But he always knows like if his buddy gets a big project, he's probably gonna get thrown a bone, make some residuals, and become a a sci-fi characters fantastic yeah nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with because right i mean haven't haven't greg and jj been like buddies since they were little kids like four or five six so like they they were like lifelong friends yeah just goes to show man be nice to those creatives in your life (laughs) just be, be nice to those artsy fartsy kids you never know all right, moving on here. We, we get into a, a dogfight. I like that. You know, Sabine's kind of in the cockpit pulling a Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, or a Finn. 
uh, I believe Nick, they're they're probably battling the Balin and Shin. They 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 might be in like these snub fighters. Who knows? But they're yeah. they're fighting someone, and Sabine's work in the cockpit. What do you think this big fucking monster thing uh, that's was? A, that's Is a that Pergil? Pergil up close and personal. I think okay. so. Yeah, because I mean, like, it, I, obviously it's hard to tell, but it looks like a whale. And that's what it sure does. Are. It sure does. And, and, it, and it looked like it was low in the atmosphere. But we the Pergils, we have seen them suck in, Thrawn's Chimera out from the atmosphere. So yeah. and we also had uh, seen them in I think it was an episode of Rebels uh, Mandalorian were, or yeah, whatever it was like they were like, well, no, I think in this particular one, it was an episode of Rebels because they were like. There was like some sort of like gaseous planet that they were like swimming. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That's yeah. where Ezra even learns of them yeah, exactly. from, from the so get go. Like, you're right. So I, I think this that, is a big fucking one. If that's a Pergil, like this is Daddy Pergil here. Yeah, maybe it's so. you know the 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 grandfather of all Pergils or something. But it, I think it it is because I don't know what other creature it would be, especially. Right. It, like, it just it, it seemed like they were fighting with that same ship around this thing. So maybe they're trying to use the pergil to jump because that's what they do i mean that yeah. that's why these things exist by the way if you didn't know uh I, I think back in i don't know if dave came up with this or george but pergils are essentially what taught the galaxy um hyperspace yeah you know how, how to use light speed all right this next shot dude what the fuck uniform is ahsoka wearing here so she's got like the new republic blue and whites on but i don't think that's a new republic uni like it's it's a specific suit she's wearing, and I'm just I'm wondering why. Because yeah. you very rarely see a lead character change their garb. If you think yeah. about it, like it's almost and, like and, is it a disguise? But like why? Yeah, because you know, because Sabine's kind of wearing just like a like a mechanic jumpsuit as well. Yeah. You know, like you know what I mean though. Like it, main characters never change. They no, never yeah. bathe. They never change. But now we're looking at both Sabine and Ahsoka, who clearly are going to have. A costume change for a mission of some sort yeah and it's it's weird too because it's like how many orange skin white blue leku tagrudas are walking around out there like how could like right is it that easy to like to disguise i'm trying to get the symbol like, like there's a symbol on her on her shoulder I, on her shoulder it's so hard to make out though like i know it's circular but it doesn't look like the imperial cog it, it does definitely doesn't look like new republic anything it almost looks like for lack of a better word there's like a like a blade up through the middle with like things coming down like this and then there's like little rays coming off of that well, maybe it is new republic then because that doesn't the new republic kind of co-op the the jedi what? insignia a little bit kind of yeah it's like a mix between the jedi and the rebellion Hey, she got a Jedi space suit or a Pergil suit, something. But I, I just thought that was, uh, yeah. I mean, different. it's 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 hard. It doesn't necessarily. It doesn't really look like the New Republic logo. Like it, it doesn't. It looks different. But I, it's hard. I it's hard I, I, to I, I, pin, I just pin it down. staring at this like, what the fuck is this? Hey, Yakub's world. We love Star Wars too, and we love when new fans find the channel. So welcome. Yeah, it's, party. Like, to, to me, it, it has to be a disguise because like you said too, the ne the next shot is Sabine in some sort of like just right. very muted get up. Um, and she's wearing it in, in the same scene with Ahsoka's blue and white. Exactly. So, I mean, she, yeah. And she was wearing it in, in the cockpit. So I don't know. 
there I, I do think it's a disguise, but you're right. How do you disguise a fucking Togruta head? Yeah, it's like you, she can't <laughs> wear tough. like she can't wear a helmet because her of her leku. Like it's just not possible unless they make helmets for like you would have to have a custom made helmet. <laughs> so it's like it's it's super hard to figure out like why you would have a change like this if you're not trying I'm to infiltrate you, something. But it's you, a Pergale spacesuit specifically yeah. made to travel with space whales. The, the, the only thing that I can think of is if they're literally trying to in- infiltrate the New Republic, which they know yeah. is not going to like they're not going to be hostile towards them because that's no, just not the way be like, oh, there'd be like a slap fight. Like, no, you get out of here. No, no, you get out of here now. You get yeah. away. You don't take that blaster. You put that down. Yeah. So like may- maybe that's what they're doing. Like maybe they're trying to actually infiltrate like a new Republic. Get some base, resources. Something yeah, they need like a ship that. or something. Yeah. Because like <laughs> almost assuredly what's going to happen is they're, they're going to have this meeting with Mon and Mon's going to be like, get the fuck out of here. Like this is not of our concern. Yeah. Like you Whatever guys General think Sindula. that somebody has been, that somebody has been gone for a decade is maybe coming back. Like, that's what you're coming to me with. Like, I got bigger shit to worry about. I have an actual remnant empire to worry about, and I'm trying to govern a, a fucking brand new galactic governing system, and I haven't even convinced all of the planets to join yet. So, like, she's going to be like, yeah, sounds good. Have fun. Like, <laughs> so they're probably going to have to infiltrate a new Republic base for re- like you right. said, resources or something like that. I could take that. I, I, could, I can get behind that. All right, so we, we get the guy. You know, I know people that went to celebration. Justin had a great shot of this, but we get Lars as Estron. He looks he looks great. I mean, come on, looks good. Definitely feels like the admiral. And here's the line that that Nick's talking about. And it's it's when Sabine is clearly on the ground, getting beat down by Shin, and she does have her hand extended like she is a force user. Yeah, yeah. It's it's no like stop or lift me up, Shin. That was a good play. It's she's trying to use the force. So Nick, I do think, and I believe the maker himself said it. Everyone has the potential. It's just how you tap into it, and if you can. But it does seem. That the whole master apprentice bond between Ahsoka and Sabine was potentially to kind of coax out her her inherent force abilities, if possible. Yeah, I mean, uh, you wouldn't do that if you could think if you didn't think something would happen. Like, yeah, and she's a skilled warrior. Like, you're not yeah. going to get a Mandalorian down on her ass, and she's just going to stick her hand up. Like, please don't hit me. No yeah. way. Yeah, and like. So there had to be something like there had to be a spark or some sort of like inkling during their training that like she was a she was close to actually tapping into the force or she had like she had to like a very minimal degree, but could never really, you know, access that like full power of right. it or something like that, because she like the like that was such a cool moment in, in the thing is like. She puts out her hand and Shin literally almost laughs at her like, you have yeah, no you power. you have no power. Yeah, like that moment was fantastic and it has to be born out of whatever the training that Sabine and Ahsoka yes. were doing. And, you know, did it get to a point where like, I mean, here's another option. is like, did it get to a point where, where literally Ahsoka is like, can see it. Like Ahsoka can tell like, oh, she can actually touch it like she can get there 
And Ahsoka gets freaked out and then leaves. And it's like, I can't, I can't have somebody Wait, that hey, I that, care about access this. That's a good, that is a, and that's another weird thing. It's like, is this more the old Star Wars from a certain point of view shit? Because we had an Ahsoka in season two Mando who was hardcore anti-training any type of force user that was grown and had relationships. And did now that, we're like, learning. Now we're learning. Yeah. Is, is that because of what? Obviously, it's because of the trauma from Anakin. She says as much to Din. Yeah. But is it also a little bit of this? Did 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 she realize like, uh oh, I'm teaching Sabine how to potentially use the Force, and she loves Ezra, and she's got these feelings for Ezra, for for me potentially for the other rebels. This is bad. I'm I'm out. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe that's that's why she leaves. It's there's definitely a lot of fear, so like in Ahsoka associated with like. With the force and with not only training, yeah, training people in the force, more particular, like she wants nothing to do with it, at at least by the time she meets Din and Grogu. Yeah. And it's like, you know, because she never finished her training, like, like she never got the full complement of training that she was supposed to get. She didn't have a good relationship with her master towards the end. And now, like whenever she puts herself in a position to be like, I can there is good that I can do here and I can help this person, but like, is it worth the possibility of what happened to me? You know, like there's just a lot of trauma that's associated with training for her, not just from Anakin. I mean, from the whole, she was literally ridiculed and excommunicated by the entire Jedi council. Like, including the grandmaster himself. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of negative emotion and trauma that is like instilled in her from her time as a, as an apprentice and her time at like coming up in the Jedi order. And she can probably see a lot of like what was in her and whoever she is training. And I mean, when it comes to Sabine, like with Grogu, it's a different thing. Like she knew Grogu in passing. Were they good friends? Probably not. But like her and Sabine were best friends, like very close at one point. And now when you start to like, you've changed the dynamic of that relationship from like, we are close friends to I am your master and you have to listen to me. And like, I am, I am trying to teach you things. And I could see why that would put her in a weird position to where it's like this girl who's never been able to access the force before is now starting to do it. And I'm afraid of what could happen. So it's, I I really want it, it to would dig line up. It li- a lot. Yeah, it lines up with the Ahsoka we meet in the Mandoverse for sure. I mean, she seems very anti-training anybody, anything that closely resembles using the Force. Um, so, uh, you know, these two are clearly fighting, Nick. It looks like this fight is taking place on the same planet that has the the force structure, as we're calling it, whatever you want to call it, similar to what we saw on Tython. Yes, she does have Ezra's blade. He gave it to her before his mission with Thrawn. So that's just call back to rebels there. All right. Then then we start to wind things down and we get more Balin finally. And, and here he is uncloaked and looks even more badass. You know, he's got the, the shoulder armor on, the the gauntlets, belt, all black, like matte black. And then, like I said, he's got like these armor plates going down his vertebrae. He's just fucking rad looking. But he says um, to, An- to Ahsoka, Anakin spoke highly of you. And she re- responds, I'm not here to discuss my past. 
I'm obviously that's not the full conversation. I have a feeling they're they're going to have a little more dueling of words there mm-hmm. before it goes to blows. But I'm I'm very eager to see this happen. And know what we know about Star Wars trailers. This is probably taking place earlier on in the season, or at least probably not much past the halfway point. So I wonder if this happens, what, episode two or three, potentially? They they all make it to this world world between... I can't say world. <laughs> and then between, and then world at once. I'll try. WBW engine. Yeah. How's that? There you go. Now... There's clearly a fight going on here between the good guys and the bad guys. The good guys are trying to stop them. So do you think, Nick, if this is early on in the season, that this is like the typically, you know, bad guys usually get a few early victories? Yeah, it could Uh, be. Uh, It could. I mean, like it also looks like, you know, it's Shin and Balin versus, you know, Ahsoka Ahsoka and Sabine. Sabine. We can see master that on Sabine master, is, apprentice on apprentice. Yeah, like Sabine's getting her ass kicked, and it's probably not even close. Um, the the real interesting one is going to be like is going to be the Balin versus Ahsoka because what w- what could end up happening here is like one of them is put in a position to where they have to use it because of what just happened to their friend. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I I doubt that'll Ooh, happen. So you okay? Hold on, I, let, let's. I want to reiterate that for people that may have missed it. I think Nick is saying that if this is, and and SW Props is telling me I'm I'm close, so I guess it is earlier season, half season, maybe bad guys do win. But I think what Nick just said is, what if uh, Shin or Sabine kind of bites the bullet and their master then has to use it to return them? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I mean, like... Think about that in terms of like, like we always talk about like time travel, especially in the instance of world between worlds, what happened with Ahsoka is like, what's the reverberation from it? Like, you know, Ahsoka could have been dead. Like literally that would have changed the tide of a lot of things if Ahsoka was dead, but she wasn't, she was saved in this instance. And Ahsoka would know that too. Ahsoka would be like, you, you really shouldn't fuck around with this because if you, if you go back and you change something, it's going to change. It doesn't just change that thing. It changes everything. But in this instance, if Sabine gets fucking stabbed or Sabine gets killed, if you go back in time five minutes and you save her, like not a lot is going to change in the timeline. And that puts an interesting perspective on like, you have this tool that has been built by Morgan Elsbeth and the Thrawn followers to, with the express goal of getting Thrawn back. But now you're in a position to where like, if you destroy this thing, Sabine is dead and there's no way for you to get her back. But if you choose to use it, you can save her, but you also leave open the possibility that the bad guys can use it again. Like I, like that's I think deep. I dude, I don't know if star Wars gets that. Yeah. That's creative what I was going to say. Nuanced, they, they, you know what I mean? Like you, you may be writing a little too deep for Star yeah, Wars. Like they, they won't do it because it's... Save that th- for a Scoundrels <laughs> of the New Republic episode. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll weave that into a storyline. Um, but like, I think that that would be super interesting because it's it's easier to believe something like that would happen because they're separated. Like if they're obviously, if they're fighting, if they're all four of them are fighting in this dome, then like, okay, cool. No problem. Like you can see what's happening to the other one in real time. You can intervene if you need to. Sabine's out in the fucking woods. Like, 
like nowhere near where Ahsoka is right now. At least we assume because we've seen the landing platform where these ships are and it's a big ass fucking cement block until like until the woods way behind it. So like she's really not close and we see that Sabine is in dire straits at this moment. So unless somebody comes to like to her rescue like unexpectedly then Sabine's in fucking trouble and like that could that could put her in a situation where it's like I actually need to use this to save you like I need to use the world between worlds not to save you from the fight but to save you from death like and I think that that could be a very interesting like character dilemma for Ahsoka is like she knows the power. She knows what can happen. She It saved her life. Does she use that power to save Sabine's life and potentially allow the bad guys to still have their end goal? Or do you just say like, oh, fuck, like she's she's dead and that's just how it is? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of interesting things that could happen in that moment. But I don't think any of those interesting things will happen. If things are starting to sound weird coming out of my feed, bear with me. My Bluetooth just completely dropped out. So Nick is coming out of my speakers and I no longer have any peripherals that work because they're all Bluetooth. So uh, yet again, my six and a half year old iMac is is pleading for its life and to be put out the pasture. But ain't happening, pal. I need you. I need you to get me through the summer at this point because I've got too many other projects to get done. Yeah, I know there's an echo. I'm trying to figure out how to kind of back this out. I don't I don't think it's going to happen though. I might have to go grab a pair of wired headphones right quick. Um yeah, neat. <laughs> um but yeah, um, I mean Yeah, I mean in this instance, in this instance with, this setting, with this setting and, and the way that this the battle keep, is keep going, vamping real quick. I'll be yeah. I'm, I'm going to grab a headset. Like with the way that this battle is going, I I really do think that there could be a situation like that that arises, um, and it would be such an interesting character development and character like character building moment or character revealing moment for Ahsoka that it's it would be hard to stray away from, but it's all it also puts you in a position to where like you know that is yeah, some like very deep like story deep telling and, and, and like character, character persona, building persona building and writing, and writing that they would have to do, have to do. so i'm so i'm not 100% sure if that, sure is, that is the direction is that they'll go. go uh but there's uh, a lot of cool shit that could happen from there and i'm really excited to see like in this particular moment how it's going to play out coming i'm still still working on the tech here you're doing good but uh yeah i mean after this scene here we see I mean, it looks like the gauntlet fighter is getting taken from them somehow. Um, Because you see the the fighter taking off and you also see Ahsoka essentially running after it. Um, That that should help until I can restart this piece of shit. All right. Thank you, Nick. No problem. Um, So where I'm dude, I'm with you. I, I think your idea on them having to save their apprentices would be fantastic. I don't think it happens like snowballs chance in hell type of shit unfortunately i I am thinking though just based on some of these cryptid shits that props is putting in here that i might have been right that this this could be where the bad guys kind of get their one up and uh potentially foil the good guys and they actually their plan gets executed all right so moving on from that, we we uh, the trailer starts to end with really the beginning of the first teaser where we see Ahsoka at this 
relic type of site. Some shit goes down. It's getting blowed up to the point where she's running after her ship, which is already in flight to catch it. So I don't know if it's getting like orbital bombarded, Nick, or if like explosives were planted. But I mean, that shit was blowing the fuck up and it did look like it was getting rained on from above. Yeah. So do you think that like she just set the ship on autopilot and is like, I'll just force jump onto it. Or do you think that there is like somebody on there who's like, do you think that like Sabine's on there? And then like, she's I, just honestly, dude, off? I, I think this is early on and might could be the opening scene. I think it's a uh, Hoyang Hoyang. Okay. The robot. Yeah. You know, just he's, we, yeah, just, He's like, all right, well, I got to get the ship out of here and you're not here. So you better catch the fuck up. Like, yeah, you know, kind of autopiloting it up. And, and yeah. we got a few more quotes here. We had. Uh, uh, yeah, Hoyang. And that this is where I said, like, at one point, it's Sabine, Ahsoka, Hoyang and Hera are all in the same cockpit. And we get the old, uh, you know, Hoyang says, we have a lot of work to do. And Hera drops the once a rebel, always a rebel. Clearly not consecutive dialogue but it does seem like it might be in the same scene uh and the trailer starts to wind down with more action we get to see sabine on the planet with the wbw engine she's in her full mando gear she's using her her all her 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 mando uh toys and tricks as gideon likes to call them what i would like to hear your opinion on nick the scene where she actually has a bad guy lassoed Mm mm-hmm that's not one of those robots, but it's it's its helmet is styled in a very similar fashion. So is that just does Morgan make those robots to look like other mercenary people or, or are these people? They just like wearing that style of helmet that looks like a robot. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. Because look, if you, if you look at the shot underneath where she's stabbing a robot, I'm telling you, they, they wear like very similar. Yeah, it's it is like the helmet or like the head of the robot has that like red kind of. Are these followers of Morgan, you think, or, or just think more so. Merc she's hired or they follow Balin and Shin? I think I think that like they, these are probably like Elsbeth's people because right, cause she, know she that, had the droids before. So, yeah. yeah. So like for sure, she also, it's also like she for sure has some sort of like following behind her, like of, you know, either, I don't know, it's clearly not like a religious following, but it's like a, like a following of people who are like very invested in having Thrawn re-enter this galaxy, right. fight like, for him and stuff like that. So acolytes, I, but not, Sith yeah. users, you know, like yeah. all those weirdos on Exegol are like, you know, Palpatine, blah, 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 blah. we're just going to sit here in a fucking cave our whole lives until you return. Yeah. Zombie palp. So it's probably something like that. It's, it's probably just like a follower of Elspeth, one of her acolytes. And then, uh, yeah, she's just like, she's like, okay, we have a uniform aesthetic for droids and for people. Everybody has <laughs> yeah, red helmets and that's just how we look. Like, like yeah, gray, and, gray, and, everything else. Yeah. Like, red and it. gray, dark gray. You vestments. two droids. All right. And then really the trailer just ends with more action. We, uh, I want to get to, it returned to that. It seems Nick, there's a fight. We've called it like a, like a hangar, a, a dock of some sort, a, uh, a shipyard, right? You know, we saw it in the teaser trailer She's fighting the Inquisitor there. It now looks like Hera is also there. There's a shot of Hera in a building that Ahsoka jumps through the window to continue the fight. 
And then we also got this follow up where it's clearly Balin and Shin's shuttle also involved now in this fight. And, and again, it looks very industrial. So what? Yeah. what why, why are they all here? Why are the good guys and bad guys here? It, clearly, well, there, there's, there must be something that they that they all need or the good guys are trying to prevent the bad guys from getting. I mean, we know that that Elsbeth was like essentially like trying to put together like she was like gathering resources resources to build ships like so this could be the shipyard like this could be like the shipyard where where elsbeth's ships are being built and and she's just like out there like you know ahsoka's found out about it and she's out there just trying to like shut down the operation like early on knowing that this is like a big part of their goal is to like have a fleet ready for when Thrawn reenters the galaxy. So maybe she's just treating it as like, okay, this is, you know, like this is target one is like, make sure that he doesn't have, like if he does make it back, that he doesn't have all of the resources that he could have. So like, let's hit this place first, make sure that this operation is shut down and then like move on from there to the next objective. Um, I just like how Ahsoka is running towards a shuttle yeah. that is unleashing hell in her direction. That's pretty fucking badass. Like that she's is. running right towards it as it's like, just lighting up the ground. Yeah. So she's, she's definitely not walking away from this challenge in her life. I think we can say that yeah, she's with a hundred percent fact. And there, there is the mysterious inquisitor. Uh, we do know it's being played by a female. It's being played by the stunt coordinator for the Ahsoka series. Our boy Props Client, I think her name's like Sun Moon. Uh, she was the Jedi in the flashbacks of uh, the Kenobi series. With She was training little little Reva. But it, it, it does look like this Inquisitor is going to make it to the WBW engine planet, right? I mean, it's got that visual aesthetic that, that we've identified as that planet. And they're going to have a little bit of a duel. And just like, who is it? We, we don't need to go rehash, you know, rewind it. We, we talked about who we think this could be, who we want it to be, who it should be. Uh, to us, the best choices would be Barris in terms of payoff and direct ties to the character Soka all the way back to the Clone Wars or Ezra as a shocking twist, yeah. a la Darth Revan style brainwashing conversion by being in unknown regions with nefarious actors. Yeah. I mean, it's what's interesting to me about this and what's always kind of been interesting to me about the the inclusion of an Inquisitor, like an Inquisitor-like character is like, Inquisitors existed at a very specific point in time. Correct. Like, they were there post, you know, ROT, not ROTJ, they were there post-ROTS. They were essentially Vader's Jedi hit squad. Like, hey, go out there, go hunt down the Jedi, kill the ones that I missed or that we missed in Order 66. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, would you say they're they're mostly dead by A New Hope? That's Yeah, I mean, by A New Hope, they're either like out of commission or they've just like, or Palpatine was like, we're we're doing away with the Inquisitor program. Like, they're not as effective as we thought that they were going to be. And all that's going to happen is that like, you're going to have more greedy Sith dark force users to like try to cut me down. So he like puts a kibosh on it. So what's interesting is this, this, this show is confirmed Mando S three timeline. Why is there an inquisitor there? Like, correct. What is this character's purpose? 
did this so, character like when they open the portal to the world between worlds does ah, this character come ah, out into the timeline ah look at this guy i like that i could dig that for sure that would eliminate the ezra stuff but i'd be okay with that we don't need that shocking twist yeah because i mean I, like I almost think, assuredly it, it, barris became an inquisitor like we you know like obviously we don't have that you know like you know assurance or we don't have that like confirmed in canon yet but like she is clearly a dark side force user who helped the people who instituted the empire, uh, you know, to, to frame Ahsoka and to essentially try to overthrow, you know, the, the, the government at that point. So like, she has to become an inquisitor, right? Like there's no way she doesn't like. She wouldn't go back to being a Jedi. I mean, she, like you said, she, she was trying to get the Jedi in trouble. I mean, she was the one trying to make them look like shitheads. Yeah. On Coruscant. She was bombing stuff. I mean, she's no good. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like, I didn't even think about that. They, they could have crossed with the WBW. Because that's, that's the other thing I was going to say. All right. This entity, this person clearly isn't in leagues with Balin and Shin, right? Like the, the, this person's doing their own thing. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't. They, but like, they end up in the same location. So is the Inquisitor specifically going after Ahsoka? That's what and, I and that, think. And, and b- that's where Barris would make a ton of fucking sense. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's almost just like throwing a wrench in the works because it's like the Inquisitor themselves doesn't even have to be on the side of like, I want to get Thrawn back. All that they need to be focused on is like, I see a Jedi in my duty as an Inquisitor of the, you know, the post Republic time period is to kill Jedi that I find. So like if this part, like if they open the portal to the world between worlds, because like as all portals work in every fucking sci-fi property you've ever seen, it's a two way door. It's not like you can just go through one way. If you don't close it, something's walking through. Yeah. So like, and this person would have no fucking idea They they just see this weird ass portal and they walk through it. They're, they don't know that they've jumped decades in in time. Like, and then they see That's a deep. familiar Again, figure. I th- Nick, I think you're getting too deep. Like, I, I, I don't <laughs> think Filoni thinks that way. I mean, God bless him. But I never even thought about that. But I, you're, you've definitely hit on something that with WBW and what we know about it, it could definitely be a reality. And it would explain better why we have a rando inquisitor seemingly it's with a hard on for ahsoka tano in the mandoverse timeline too good of writing i like it i like sorry. it take another one to the bank for the young nick cha-ching sorry that's it, what i need to just, just that, that's it, the only too cool noise of button an I need. idea for them to actually do that but like it would of course, be really dude. cool if it's just <laughs> of like course. because it's okay to have rogue entities which i think is like you know, in the end, knowing Star Wars, this will be like a, a a fucking Palpatine clone and they're testing it out. Like yeah. they're, they're test driving it. You know, yeah. he'll, he'll take the mask <laughs> off and it'll be like, he'll be like, hey, 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 unlimited power. And then yeah. she'll just cut could, his I mean, head could, off. Could, like, could you imagine this? Like if it is Barris and like props will tell you who it is later. But like if it is Barris, but then like she takes off her helmet and it's it's the Barris from that time period and you're like holy shit not only is it the character that we thought it was but it's the character from the time period where she was the last time we saw her yeah she's still in her youth 
Yeah, like that would be a real mind fuck. Like, and I think that that would be a really cool moment. And it would also show like the dangers of the world between world in its entirety. It's like, yeah, like you can open these portals, but like you're not the only one who can access them. Like the people who are on the other side of the portal that you open can also access them. And that just goes even further to show like, this is something that we should not fuck with. No, and you're right. And and it, it jives with portal science, at least what was established, because in Rebels, Palpatine knows about the WBW, okay? And he knows Ezra is a, a key, almost like a gatekeeper. And that's why he shows up in Rebels, and, and, and as Nick's saying... As Ezra is in the back end of the WBW, where it's all black with the white tracks, Palpatine is literally shooting like Sith fire through the portal at them. So you are correct. Portal science, if a portal has been opened by someone who can do it, others can at least interact with the portals. I don't know if they could fully go through into the back end and and work the back end of the WBW because for some reason Palpatine never did. He just kind of sat there staring at the, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall and he would throw shit at Ezra, but he never crossed to the back end. Now, that's not to say that if if Ezra reached in and pulled him right into another timeline, who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, there's a lot of open questions about this character, how they got yeah, there. Yeah, be mad. I did not see the Empire logo, but also have not had any shots where you could really drill in on the on the Paldrons. Uh, all we know is they're dressed like an Inquisitor, equipped like an Inquisitor, fight like one, but they're in the wrong era to still be one, <laughs> unless they went rogue from the Order themselves like Ahsoka, and now they're just deciding to come back and fuck around. So, all right, well, there you go. Two episode premiere now, which, yay, I guess. I always wonder why they decide to do that so close to release. Is it something they know? Do they do they not feel the premiere, the pilot is strong enough? Yeah, uh, I don't know because, because they didn't do it with Andor, right? Andor, no, was, uh, uh, no, Andor, Andor, Andor got a a double or a triple release, I think. Which was the one uh, that just had the single? Mando was only oh, yeah, a one Mando episode S3 premiere. Was only one episode. Um, yeah, so good stuff, man. All right. Well, there you go. There's your Ahsoka trailer. We just, we spelled it out all out for you. Everything we said is going to happen. Take it all to the bank, cash it in and become rich in your Star Wars speculation know-how quest. Matt, if you want to hit this quick ditty on Jason Sindula, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no, we're 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 moving through the rest of these quick because you and I definitely went a, a long time on that one. So, all right, well, Nick's taking a dump. Let's shift on over to this one, which I thought was going to be our only Ahsoka story of the day, but it turned out we got a full trailer, so that was pretty fun. But what we're talking about now is last week a Lego set leaked for the Ahsoka series, and it is the Ghost. I will tell you, the set looks fantastic. If you love Legos, has some great minifigs. But it is those minifigs that that kind of got the Star Wars internet, not in a tizzy, but kind of asking questions. So if you're on the live stream, you can pull it up here. If not, just go to StarWarsTime.net, check out the post. But you'll see within this Lego set for the Ghost being released for the Ahsoka series that Jason Syndulla has had a bit of a character redesign. Okay, so... Just to show you 
what Jason looked like in Rebels, he's right there. Uh, he kind of had like some elf-like features in the face, green hair, green eyebrows, right? This is the son of Hera and Kanan Jarrus. If you look now at the Lego set, young Jason now no longer sports such a colorful hairdo. If I can get this to load up here. The hell is taking so long today? Come on! I don't want to yell. You can do it. You can do it. Look at this. If you're on the live stream, look at this shit. Can you imagine someone like me puts up with this? This is pure laziness at this point in time. Oh, don't worry. I had the image up. Now it's going back down. Let's play the clicking and wait game. Click and wait. Shitty computers. I want to fucking light you on fire and smash you with a sledgehammer after the show. Okay, right. Nick's back. All right, it was a good time. You, you didn't miss much. You just missed my computer trying to load a simple Twitter tab. Nice. Uh, clearly, that's a big ass these days. But we're looking at these minifigs here, all right? Here's Jason down here in the bottom left. He's got a new look. Green yep. hair is gone. He's like full on like his dad now. He gets zero elements from his mother. Does this mean we're going to get a live action Jason in the series? Jason? Possibly. Just uh, be prepared to not see the green hair, which is probably okay. You know, I was like, yeah, it's I mean, why not? Why not go with like dark green hair? Like if you didn't want to go with the, the, the bright shit for live action, why not at least hint that like, hey, yeah, you did have this type of hair at one point in your life. Yeah, it's it's an odd. I don't know. I mean, like it's an odd change, but also like Jason played so like he he was in it. He's in it like for like two seconds. Yeah, he's in it for like (laughs) like the flash of it, like a. a It's true epilogue. Like he's Nick. I think it's a part of the epilogue where Ahsoka goes to get Sabine. You see hair and her son kind of flitting around. Yeah. So like I I really do think that like Baloney may have looked at it and been like, man, that was a bad choice. Like let's let's like. (laughs) Like, yeah, let's, let's just, redo that. I mean, the, the the ears, I don't know what the fuck's going on with those ears, man. Like, like, that's what I mean. Like his initial look, they made him, it was like just, cherub like he's like yeah. an elf or something, like a Keebler elf. It's like such a weird aesthetic that they chose. And like, I guess they gave him green hair because they were like, well, hair is Skin is green, oh, but we dude, can't. you know that, you know, that's why they did it. But it, yeah. it really makes no sense because we've actually... I, I can't remember. Did the clone there's a there, there's an episode arc in the Clone Wars where Rex ends up with a uh, a clone that went AWOL that then kind of fell in with this um Twi'lek family. And I can't remember if he was just a stepdad to their children or if he had children with the Twi'lek. If it's the latter, the the Twi'lek kids 100% got the the headtails. Like that was guaranteed those genes were passing i i think he was just an adoptive dad so i'm probably talking out of my ass but it is funny it's like yeah hey we got a twi'lek that's green that's fucking a, a traditional looking male humanoid jedi so yeah it's gonna look completely like the human except it's gonna have green hair that yeah. makes sense it's green gonna get green hair from ears. its mom that doesn't have hair like yeah twi'leks just, don't have hair <laughs> i i so like <laughs> I don't know if this is going to become a point of outrage for like people, it, but it, it hasn't so far. So yeah. far, it seems like they can accept the the Jason chain. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, honestly, honestly, I'm a fan because if it's if 
this kid would look weird as fuck grown up. I'm just going to say like yeah. this kid would look so weird. Like, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is the right move. So you're right. It's probably like Dave, maybe he let an intern do the epilogue for the finale. And yeah, he was like, whatever, it, we'll never see this kid again. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, fuck oh, Jason. Fuck. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, damn it, they put hair in Rogue One. So yeah, like, now we she's gotta live revisit action. the we kid. Keep now. Going. Maybe they'll but just anyways, be like, yeah, I had green hair, but then I grew out of it. I don't yeah, know. there you go. It's it, yeah, it's a, it's like going through puberty, their hair changes to normal color and their ears <laughs> don't look fucked up anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mom, I can't wait to go through puberty so my ears don't look stupid. Oh, you'll get there, Jason. We all go through it. You'll make it in the end, pal. You got to love yourself for who you are. Uh, we also got a few other characters, at least names, that have been in the trailer. Uh, why did I c- click off of that knowing how slow this shit is? Let me go over here. So the Mon Cal is Lieutenant Breda. Uh, you can see them. They're they're in a few of the trailer scenes, and I'm not sure if that's the Mon Cal that Shin chops in half. But anyways, that's Breda. And then the the black minifig, that is First Officer Hawkins. Okay. Now... You have to, you kind of have to go with the fact that whenever a Lego set is made for a show, it does typically mean that these characters are going to be in the show. Within the set. Yeah, within the set and in the show. So there, there, there could be a chance where we, we catch the general, the general maybe running ops right from the ghost and she has some of these uh, new Republic officers on the bridge or whatnot. Yeah, because uh, I mean, you can think back to any the, the most recent one, Kenobi last year. They showed the uh, the playset where he burns Kenobi, and and you got Ned and uh, what's her name, and Cl- and Vader uh, and, and Obi. So yeah, you get all those characters involved in a scene. So uh, more than likely, these these two New Republic officers are hanging with Hera and Fam on the Ghost. And like I said, th- th- this Ghost Lego looks fucking choice. I'll probably be picking that up. Okay. Um, The Disney gallery thing, man, like real quick, I don't want to, we're not going to go deep into it. I honestly thought it was pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, It, it, it it was, uh, and really we've only gotten one good one. The the, the first one where they had the director's round table and you really got into like the lore of star Wars and, some of the choices and and who knows what and who's doing what. This one to me just seemed like an hour long kind of promo vid for volume and this and that. It, it just there was there was no real good revelations. Pedro Pascal wasn't involved at all. They barely even talked to Latif or Brendan. I don't even think Latif got to talk on camera. Brendan got a few. I think Latif had like one line or something like that. He, he yeah, he got very little time. Yeah, I, I think the biggest reveal was that all season long, apparently they made new blasters for Din. Yay. Yeah, yeah, did that, did yeah. anyone pick up on that? No, no but when apparently it was a big deal to Favreau. Like, Holy shit. Did I miss something? I was like, I guess yeah, I just like, didn't see that. <laughs> and and why did he need new pistols? I don't even remember, but okay. Uh, we talked about earlier, Giancarlo literally says, hey, he may rise from the ashes, wink, wink. Yeah, so he's not And And <laughs> uh, I think the only other thing that kind of stood out, I was like, huh, that's interesting, is is Floney thought Baby Yoda was dumb as fuck. Yeah. He thought it was yeah. a stupid idea and didn't really think it was going to work, and, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, but they just, to, you know what I mean? Things. Like, they, they these don't feel like... 
behind the scenes anymore. It's like they, they focused all on, you know, there's a lot on Jack Black and Lizzo, you know, God bless them, but who cares? Yeah. I, I want to, I want to go into this, why that some of the choices were made, or I want to hear about the actual main cast. And it, it just, it, it didn't scratch that itch for me. In fact, it made me kind of hate some of the people that work on the show because I don't work on the show. I was like, mm-hmm. you're just rubbing it in my face that you get to work on Star Wars and I don't. So this this episode of Disney Gallery kind of sucked. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. But, you know, if you just like to see, like, literally have like a peek behind the scenes, then, uh, you know, take an hour out and, and watch it. But yeah, there, you're not missing anything if you don't see it, for sure. So. And, and a lot of stuff you knew about. You, you knew that they were supposed to kill Axe Woves in season two, but they liked Simon enough that they brought him back. I mean, these are all anecdotes that have come out months before this fucking gallery. So either release it quicker or make it more engaging. Just bring back the fucking table and let Dave talk about his time with George and mm-hmm. some of his <laughs> philosophies again, because that, that, that's really the bread and butter. All right. It's time to get into the fan segment for E269. That's right. I said it. 69. We do it every week. We do a question of the week, which we post on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. And I guess these days threads until I'm already bored with threads like most of you. Uh, It was fun last week. Everyone gets excited about new social media. Everyone lemmings themselves over there just like we did. And then you, you're sitting there going, yeah, th- w- w- what the fuck are we doing here again? It's pretty much just the same shit I'm seeing on Instagram. And yeah, so there's that. But don't forget, question a week at Star Wars Time Show on Meta's platforms. <laughs> and then we'll do the top five next. So let's go ahead and get some screens switched up. Question of the week. Uh, I kind of took some advice from our boy Scion, Nick. He's like, you know what? That, that, that question you posed to Nick last week would be good for the fans. <laughs> when I kind of asked Nick and myself, if we had force powers, what type of force user would we be? Would we be Yoda or would we be Ashiv? Or would we be a little in between? You know, I think I kind of settled on, and Nick too, I believe, we would we would probably go Robin Hood style and, yeah. and fuck with, with the shitheads of the galaxy to make the, the, the less thans or the have-nots of the galaxy feel better about themselves. So we're like, I you know what, let's both, ask the fans. Yeah, we both agreed that like being just a straight-up Jedi would probably suck. Like that would, that would not be... Yeah, it's too fun. hard. Way too hard. <laughs> All right, right, so let's go ahead and get the question popped up. Maybe... Come on, tech. We only have a few more minutes, so let's get through the show. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> well, if it doesn't pop up, we can just read them. Yeah, it, it's it's fine. It, it's probably not going to. So, fu- Oh, hold on. Here we go. We got it. Technical difficulty corrected. Okay, question of the week time. If you had the force, would you be a hero or villain and why? So I think we got one story response, which is my charge, and then Nick will take the rest. This comes from Rippictan, the lone story responder, but he's always there, always can be counted on. I'd probably have a familiar arc to Bruce Almighty, or I'd pull a Qui-Gon chance cube move at some casinos, then disappear with the Barash vow, okay, and live financially comfortable till the end of my days. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But we're, we're kind of in the same boat. Like, I, I, there's no way I could just, you know, be like a Pope Jedi like those assholes no. were. I'd have to have some fun and, and 
I was telling my kid yesterday, you know, life lessons. I listen, money isn't going to make you happy. Probably won't make you happy. It might for a little bit. But if you ever have someone tell you that money isn't everything, they're full of shit. Because it is. If you have money in life, life is a lot more simple. It's easier. You can do more. You have more influence. It's the truth. All right? So, if I had force powers, I'd definitely make sure that I had a nice stable of cash flow. Because I'm not trying to go to work or do the, the Star Wars time show if I've got midi-chlorians coming out my asshole. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we got to have some fun. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Nick, take it away. All right. Mythos Boba says, I'd like to say good, but I'd no doubt go bad. Just imagine a guy tailing you up your ass in your car, a quick whoosh with the force, and turn his steering wheel <laughs> for him. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, road rage death. Yeah, you could definitely take care of some of those uh, those inconsiderate drivers. Uh, next up, we have Sir Dork. Sir Dork says, uh, having the force sounds like a massive responsibility. Honestly, I never thought being a gray force user sounded realistic. If you tap into the dark side even a little, it'd be way too easy to continuously fall into darkness and staying in the light sounds like it requires way more willpower and selflessness than I have in me. I'd like to stay non-forcey if possible. Oh, he's funny enough. Uh, in in our Star Wars D and D, you can pick any type of character you want. I was gonna Sir say Dor- he's he he just described Sirt Dorketh right here. Yeah, Sirt Dorkoth is a straight up <laughs> like you know scout non-force user type of character. Did not want to mess around. I like it. The force. Jared's like, fuck it. it. It's it's too hard to think about on any side of the coin. So I just don't want any power. Fucking consistent. <laughs> Jared is definitely. Give me my Kara. No, give me my camera, some gasoline, a lighter, and some toy figures. That's my power. That's right. Uh, so good right. stuff there from Jared at Sir Dork. Make sure to follow. Uh, next up is at Chiss Mail. He says Sith, definitely. So just like a Sith would answer, no yeah. bullshit. In absolutes. I can say absolutely, man. <laughs> oh, man. Next up, Plastic Blurred says, villain, they always have the dopest gear and costumes. I mean, we've Truth. been saying that since day one. Truth. Truth. They always look the coolest for sure. Not even uh, close. And then uh, TG Vaughn, TG Vaughn Van says, I would, uh, I would try to be a hero, but end up in the gray area. I think just a natural gravitation towards wanting to do good, but also, uh, but having to do what is needed to achieve it. So he's kind of on our side. Yeah. I I know for a fact, like if I was this Matt with powers, I would probably take out a human, at least a few a week, Even wanting to be good, I, I just I wouldn't be able to, just like Mythos said, be, you know, you're out and about, someone's fucking with you in public, there goes your neck, or there goes your leg, there goes your arm. Maybe yes. not kill them, but, but maim them and, and make them feel bad for being a piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, it's like, this, you're a piece of shit, and now you should feel bad about it. But hey, <laughs> I think Star Crazy here is also on the same page as you and Mythos Boba. They say, right. I'll use it for good. Like, if people are being asshole drivers, I'm definitely force slapping the back of their head to correct their shitty driving. So <laughs> it seems like people, if people had the force, they would focus yeah. on all the bad drivers out there. Bunch of road warriors. I like Fuck that. Around. You had a, a, a whole unit of force users to make people drive the right way on the highway. I dig it. Yeah. I definitely so, could get uh, behind that. 
So yeah, good stuff there from uh, <laughs> at star underscore crazy. K-R-A-Z-Y. All right. um, that closes out our uh, fan questions for this week. Thank you all for responding. Um, we're going to move into our top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week to get involved in this segment. Uh, whenever you post Star Wars artwork on Instagram, make sure to add tag at Star Wars Time Show. That is our Instagram account that will put you on Matt's radar. And as Matt is going through and choosing his features for the week, he'll see you and decide whether or not you make the feed. Then after Matt does that, on Mondays, I go through and I pick my top five for that week. And that is how it goes. So to kick off the top five for this week, we have at Kill Cutter Photo with just a, a fantastic crossover between Jurassic Park and <laughs> I mean, I'm calling it a crossover between Jurassic Park. There's just a giant T-Rex there roaring furiously at little tiny Grogu as he holds up a small flower to the big old T-Rex. Uh, I mean, this is just fantastic toy photography. Um, Kill Cutter's gone in and done a lot in the post-processing, adding saliva into the mouth of the T-Rex. I mean, this is just one of the coolest shots that I've yeah, seen recently. You know what it is, Nick? It's it's the it's the sense of scale that Kill yeah. Cutter achieves here. Absolutely. Because I, 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 I don't think that T-Rex is really even that much bigger than the... the I mean, that little baby Yoda figure is tiny. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, and this is just me pulling shit out of my ass, I don't think it's that different in size, though. So that's part of the magic is the way it's framed, the the, the scale achieved. And yeah, the little guy like, hey, peace be with you. Yeah, exactly. With, you know, kind of like how he, it, it's an homage to what he did with the Rancor. Kind of the same thing. You got this yeah. little thing unafraid of this big gnarly monster. And it's just like, you know, peace be with you. Yeah, no. May the force a- be with you. Definitely harkens back to that moment in Book of Boba Fett where he tames the the wild rancor. So uh, good stuff here from at Kill Cutter Photo. Make sure to give him a follow. Next up, this was a super fun shot here from Paul Six uh, where it's like a recreation of an old Rolling Stones yep. cover. And uh, what we see is Gamorrean Guard holding a... Uh, uh, beach ball. You got Vader in the background holding the boom box. You got Wicket <laughs> right behind uh, uh, Princess Leia who's lounging out in a uh, in a lounge chair in her Slave Leia bikini um, or her, what is it now? Her hot killer outfit. Uh, slave Leia is fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, no, it's just, I mean, it's an off, like, it's an awesome recreation of this cover. I mean, dude, I, d- I didn't so even know well it was done. a recreation. And I was like, I'm, I'm featuring this just because it's so fucking far out. And then I see that, yeah, oh yeah, holy shit. They did this way back in the day, probably in the 80s. I'm guessing this was... Leading up to uh, re- yeah, Jedi, right? Exactly, like, promo for Jedi. And my God, like, listen, is there a more... Is there a sexier looking sci-fi character than princess leia in that bikini i'm sorry like if you grew up when i did like that was everything that to this day when i see carrie in that when i do my rewatch as a jet i'm just like my god that was a beautiful thing i know george was creepy and made her do that and even told her to lose some more weight and shit but fuck that it's one of the most iconic bikini slash costumes of all time for dirtbag 
testosterone-laden males like myself. <laughs> I'm sure it was like one of the most purchased posters of that time period. Too. It had to have been, man. Yeah. Yeah, especially back then where you, you couldn't just get fucking triple X hardcore porn at the snap of a keyboard, you know? Very true. So, uh, good stuff there from at Paul six on Instagram. Make sure so I think like follow. these young, they didn't have to do it. Like I can remember the day I found my dad's stash and it was like the greatest day of my life. I was like, yes. <laughs> I no longer like have to hopefully find some in the woods that some creep left out there. I actually, I found my dad's shit. I got porn finally. And I remember, you know, putting the tapes in, you'd have to memorize where they're at, rewind <laughs> them when you were done. And then, yeah, now it's, it, there's no sport in, in playing with yourself. And they can just go to any computer you have, your phone and off to the races. Very easy for sure. All right. All right. Good Next job up. at Paul six. Kick ass yeah. shit. Kick ass for sure. Next up in the top five is at Lima Four Photos. Uh, Lima Four, longtime follower of the show. Love you very much. Thank you for all your support. Big time uh, supporter. Yep. This stumps all the uh, time. This shot here. I mean, Lima has a very distinct style, and uh, this is just like a perfect representation of that style. So what we see is like a very grounded wartime photo of the clones going uh like essentially like breaching a city that were that was under occupation uh by the CIS forces you can see uh a, a shelled out building that one of the clones is using for partial cover with a B1 battle droid dead at his feet the other clones are like slowly moving into the town as the others give cover i mean this is just like it's it's like gritty realistic like on the ground type of photography that you would see if there was like a real wartime photographer there with the clones as they're like making their way through CIS occupied towns. So I just thought yeah. that this was a really awesome shot. I, I just like that Lima always pairs them with modern day weapons of war. Like if you look they're they're, they're rolling through there with oh, I think yeah, M16s. Like M16s and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I know some people busting on it, but I actually think as cool as laser guns are and, and, and star Wars weaponry, you can't tell me seeing, I don't know if that's five. I think that might be fives there. The one that's in focus seeing them rolling through with it, with a decked out assault rifle doesn't look even more badass. Oh yeah. I mean, it looks, like I, yeah, it's awesome. I love that dude. I love it. It's cool as okay. hell. That's our boy at Lima Four photos from the Philippines. I believe. I do think you are correct there. So fantastic work as always Lima. Thank you. Uh, next up, this is a fantastic, I always love the crossovers with like, you know, Star Wars and Alien or Star Wars and Predator. Right now we have a Star Wars crossover with Alien and Predator, technically. Um, this is from 850SithLord on Instagram. What we see is uh, good old Neo Boba Fett, so new Boba from Book Boba and from the Mandoverse, taking on a straight-up Predator uh, that's wielding a human uh, head, like skull and spine in one hand while Boba is swinging his gaffy stick. Um, you can also see down by Boba's like ankle, there is a face hugger that is potentially about to jump on him. Oh and shit, I didn't see that guy. Yeah, Boba's, Boba's fucked here. I'm sorry, Boba yeah. fans, but I know he he kind of held himself okay against uh, 
Black K, but not really. Like he would have been killed if if the Vespa gang didn't come in. So as much as we love Boba Fett and think he's a badass motherfucker, I'm pretty sure the Predator would would eat his lunch. I, I think so. I think that that Boba's losing this fight, and then not only is he losing, he's about to get turned into a an alien facehugger, you know, uh little puppet soon. Yeah, that's so. not gonna help. I, I wonder like if his space seal is on his helmet. Cause you know how sometimes yeah. they can just they can be in normal atmosphere, then go to space and never have to pressurize or anything. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like, again, like at 850 Sith Lord just killed this one. The, the environment's yeah, fantastic. The, the posing of all the figures is fantastic. Putting like just all like there's actually two face huggers on here. If you look at it. there's one by Boba's foot. And if you look all the way, yeah, there's one coming for the Predator, too. Yeah, it's like these dickheads. They're like, hey, let's go have a, a a battle of the best, but let's do it on a xenomorph-infested planet. Yeah, I mean, crazy. To, you to, see the, to, to up the challenge a little bit. Just, just incredible stuff here from 850 Sith Lord, so make sure to give them a follow as well. Um, and then to close out the top five for this week, we have at Odal underscore studio. Uh, Odal's definitely made the top five before. And this is another shot that's like, Kind of similar to what we saw from Lima. It's almost like another kind of real-time war shot where it see, it looks like we're on Mimban here and it looks like one of the Mimban like troop commanders is talking to a, a, a new transfer, like somebody who's brand new to the squad. You yeah, see this guy green not paint even in on the full helmet. uniform. Um, so yeah, yeah you're right. Like really. <laughs> it's, it's 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 like he's wearing the 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 mud trooper get up but he also has stormtrooper chest shoulder and elbow helmet. and helmet armor yeah so he's like it's a very unique like kit bash custom or just like a mashup figure but it, yeah. to me nick it's not so much the figure i just, it, it's got a nice sharp focus it feels real like it, yeah. it, it does feel like we're looking at two real people talking behind the lines on a battlefield no, it does. I mean, it feels super grounded and realistic. You see in the background just all of the the imperial troops that are just kind of like standing around in conversation. I mean, this looks like it's probably like, you know, late stages of the war. This is why they're getting like relief soldiers. This guy's can't even get a full set of matching armor. So he's got like, like you were saying, he's like wearing half stormtrooper armor and half like, you know, Mimban trooper armor. It's just like a really cool grounded shot that like feels like it it, it actually happened during the war time uh, in, in this this particular time period in Star Wars. So um, I just thought it was yeah well executed um, in terms of the setup the environment. And then it just has that like realistic feel to it. Uh, so really enjoyed this from at Odal underscore studio. That's right. And. Uh, that's it. That's the end of the top five. And that's the end of our show. Definitely a longer show than we anticipated before the, uh, the Ahsoka trailer dropped, but glad we got to talk <laughs> through that in real time for you guys. Cause usually if stuff drops on yeah, Tuesday, we're late it, to it. it. Yeah. Typically so. that would have released like at five o'clock today as we were doing the show or, or tomorrow. So even though it kind of made me blow up all my my pre-show assets, it, it, it did work out. We got something live. There you go, people. Those of you that get pissed that we do our show re recaps a week late, at least we got the trailer done first. I was just thinking, like, 23rd, do we do the show Wednesday night? I'm like, nah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> 
we'll see. We'll see how, how we're feeling going into Ahsoka week. But it's good that we're getting that two-episode premiere, which means I got a lot of work to do in the mornings just to satiate the mental illness. And that's truly all it is at this point because YouTube has killed pretty much all of our growth again. Don't get love on shorts anymore. Back to the bullshit, but we're here. I digress. We, we, we push on. We do it for you. We can't quit you, fandos. In all uh, seriousness, though, we love you. We love Star Wars. There's always time for Star Wars time. That's why we do what we do. We love to talk about it. So if you want to come along for the ride in between shows, make sure you know where to find the Star Wars Time bros on the internet. And that is StarWarsTime.net. Hit it up. We got all the links you need to figure out how to get LinkedIn with the SWTS. If you want the live stream, we got the YouTube sub button right on the site. If you're listening now, go ahead and like this silly little live stream. Tell us what you thought about some of Nick's take it to the bank cha-chings today. He had two of them. Whether he was taking them or not, I took them to the bank for him. Okay? If you want to listen to us on the podcast, StarWarsTime.net, we got all the jump to links from there as well. Just a reminder, if you are doing the podcast or even YouTube, however you consume the show, the best way to let us know that you love or hate us is to leave ratings and reviews via those types of systems if the platform has them or comments. Anything to juice the algo, we appreciate. Even if you tell us that we look funny, we smell, or we suck, that is okay too. All right? And the reason that's okay, there's always time for Star Wars time. Don't forget it. Bring a friend next time. That's going to be the best way to keep growing this thing. Let's lemming the fuck out of the Star Wars Time show. Just be like, hey, listen, just, just believe me. Go watch it. Follow me off this cliff of death known as the SWTS. All right, people, you know how we like to leave you. If you do listen to our show or consume our content in any form, may the force be with you. Always.